0: Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
1: Carol G. Juan Gabriel Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean
2: apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama?
1: Oh
0: boy, what a Sunday that we have got for you, Nick! Seriously, how jacked are you for today's show?
3: I mean, I don't even know how to put it into words. This is uh, <laughs> this this is exciting. I mean, this is we are combining AM radio, FM radio with sport. Like we are just we're we're, we're we got like a a. a a radio casserole for you today. That's going to be delicious.
0: This is so exciting that it made Nick check his email on consecutive days. That is, that is what we've got (laughs) on a Friday and Saturday. Nick has been checking his email because of what we've got in store here on Fox sports radio throughout the next three hours, beginning in about 20 minutes or so, we will be starting the countdown of the top 10 greatest theme songs when it comes to sports television. Yeah. And there are a lot of different ways that we can go with this, but there is a ranking amongst the staff here at Fox Sports Radio that has been put together. Nick doesn't know the results. David Gascon, who's at our news desk, doesn't know the results. Gavin Kinzel, our executive producer who runs the show, doesn't even know the results. We will reveal that. Starting in about twenty minutes or so.
3: So you're the only one. You're like just. Hopefully, we don't have like a an an Oscars mishap where you got the envelope and you got the right envelope and you got like the right the right name of the song and the right order here. We don't need a Steve Harvey situation here. We don't need an Oscars Best Picture situation here.
0: Only, only myself and the representatives from Kinsley Kinsley and Sam Law Firm (laughs) know the results of the top ten. Theme songs when it comes to sports television.
3: I got a feeling I'm going to be. I, I, my rankings were the most different from everyone else's, but we can get into that a little bit later on. Let's well, we meet a little.
0: Bit. Yeah. Speaking of different, uh, Antonio Brown, uh, no, a geez. different situation, maybe a different cat, a different character but the helmet saga continues to go on for the Oakland Raiders running back and if you're if you need to be caught up to date we'll try to give you the cliff notes version here news ended up leaking on Friday that Antonio Brown was reportedly uh giving the Raiders radio silence now that report was refuted by another report saying the Raiders know where he is he's just not at training camp because he is now in a fight with the NFL over what helmet he wants to use for the upcoming season. He would prefer to use his old one. The NFL has deemed that his old helmet is no longer allowed in play because of safety issues. And there was a session on Friday where the NFL and Antonio Brown discussed Antonio Brown via conference call, discuss, I guess, the situation and how it would play out. Now, word leaked today from that meeting on Friday that Antonio Brown ended up threatening the National Football League for possible liability if he were to be injured in wearing the new helmet. Not the old helmet, yep. the new helmet that they would force him to wear. I think that's kind of a good Cliff Notes version of where yes. we are and where Antonio Brown is with the Oakland Raiders.
3: I'm just, in my mind, I think it's hilarious to picture like Antonio Brown standing next to Zeke or, and Melvin Gordon. Be like, man, I'm holding out. What are you holding out for? I want a new contract. What about you? Man, I want to get paid. What about you? I want to wear my old helmet.
4: That's why I'm <laughs> holding out.
3: That's, that's what we're doing here, I don't, I, I don't when I think about crazy off-season stories, or I guess quote unquote in season now with preseason stuff. This is one of the more zany ones. I mean, it's pretty amazing to say out loud and say it through that Antonio Brown is saying he won't play football again unless he can wear his old helmet. Like imagine if this thing continues to play out and he's not playing and and both sides aren't budging. I, I, at this point, I don't know whether to start going down the path of because you see old interviews kind of leak out where he had the one interview where he said, "I don't need to play the game I don't need to play this stuff like you start to sit there and go, does this dude is he trying to look for an out? you know does he not want to play football anymore or is this truthfully just about and he's really passionate about his helmet I have no idea it is it, it's hard to make sense of crazy and this is crazy. I would say this. Right now, if you're
0: looking at whether it be Antonio Brown or the Raiders, and I know there's a lot at stake for the Raiders franchise as they're about to move to Las Vegas after this season. I'm wondering if the Raiders are more looking for the out than Antonio Brown is looking for the out, considering on how this first go around has been in Antonio Brown's first training camp with the team. And I know that we're still about a month out, you know, a month minus a couple of days, let's just mm-hmm. say to the to the opening of the September NFL September
3: 9th is the first is the Raiders first game, September ninth.
0: So, yeah, so so we're we're about a month away from what is going to we're, when we're going to have games that count. But with this franchise, with where they are where they are personnel-wise, Like, I think this is a really big deal. Aside from the whole feet situation, Antonio Brown has been to one training camp practice for the Oakland Raiders. And for a team that's in a division where you have two Giants and the Chiefs and Chargers in trying to overcome that, you've got what? Some consider a make-or-break year for your quarterback in Derek Carr, where the franchise goes, to have to deal with this situation. I, I don't think it's good at all. And, and and I'm not saying that the Raiders are panicking, but yeah. this isn't good a month out when he's only been no, on the practice field once.
3: Not, not at all. And you know, football is a sport you can't play half-hearted or, or uh, only halfway in. I mean, it... it if football is a sport that requires your your mind, body, soul, spirit, everything, or it's just not going to work, and it appears right now with whether it's some of the things that he said or some of the stuff that that he's done, that Antonio Brown, I don't you, you almost got a question: Is this dude really all in on playing football? And when you think about the money that that guy is making, he's due thirty million dollars over the next two years for uh, with, with the Raiders you know that there's a lot that comes with that a lot of responsibility that comes with that with the organization and right now when you think about this new this Gruden 2.0 his you know his second stanza back here in the NFL right now you'd say he's associated with one trade that was met with massive head-scratching with Khalil Mack, mm-hmm. and now this other one here with Antonio Brown that, while, again, all this isn't, doesn't really matter until real football games come and if he's not out there and doing his thing. But right now, this thing's trending in a bad, bad way. And you know he's a guy that's uh, like you pointed out. He's trying to he, he's trying to build buzz. He's trying to flip the culture. All those those things that that get thrown out there. And when you have this Antonio Brown situation, be what it is. It's not good at all for what Gruden's trying to do. We're
0: covering you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Fifteen minutes could save you fifteen percent or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. I'm going to take another angle on this on the on the uh, the litigation that Antonio Brown is threatening. If you were to wear a new helmet and be injured. For how many years have we heard that the NFL was at fault and that the NFL did not let the players know the dangers of football and the dangers that they were facing with what possibly could be inferior equipment? And I'm just using that term. I'm not saying that it's been brought out there. But if we are upgrading our helmets so much so, it means to tell me if this is the standard, then maybe in the past we didn't live up to that standard of of the quality of helmet that you wear. Could the NFL essentially – and I'm kind of this open-ended question – just be like, you know what? Do what you want to do because then we're off the hook for anything that happens. Because yeah. now you've you, – you know, you had that lawsuit that was going to give millions upon millions of dollars to the retired players. Then it just says, well, that's not even nearly enough than what, from what these guys – from the conditions that they were playing. Now you've got a current player saying, I don't care about the risks – I want to wear what I want to wear and will sue you if you don't let me there. If I get injured wearing what you want me to do, I almost think like it's a way for the NFL to be like, all right, go ahead, Aaron Rodgers. You want that your, your old helmet? That's fine. Go, go right ahead. Our right. hands are clean with this. Like, right. I, like, in a way, like Antonio Brown isn't just going against the NFL and the Raiders, he's also going against every player that has tried to claim that, hey, the NFL knew about these dangers and didn't tell us and didn't allow us to be safer. And I think that's almost an even bigger issue if Antonio Brown continues to fight for his helmet.
3: Well, yeah, you and I have gone back and forth, uh, you know, with with different show topics. And one of the things we've both have talked about is, you know, what are the big pressing issues for each sport? And there is, without question a consensus not only between me and you but pretty much everybody the most pressing issue for football and its long-term viability and future is concussions and head trauma and and what all that looks like and so to your point this if you if you do want to zoom out and look at a bigger picture I mean it, it's a star player and his helmet I mean that that is a a huge huge combination for what is is facing football and I, it just Football feels like it's, as a sport, is trending towards being like boxing or MMA or even NASCAR where the inherent risk of what you're doing is understood by all those involved, you step in to an octagon with another dude and he's you guys got gloves on and it's you know you know what the risks are when you're watching a UFC fighter you're or you're a boxer or even when you're going two hundred and twenty miles per hour in a yeah. car. you know what I mean like I think it's getting to where football and in the NFL you understand what these risks are these are massive enormous human beings that are athletic as as all can be violently hitting each other there's inherent risk with that and there's enough evidence that is that that supports all that and so may, maybe it's it's a way for the NFL to be like listen we've given you the information here's the most safe helmet that we can you know the safest helmet we can give you you don't wear that that's a you thing but our hands are clean of it there you go I, I mean I I th-
0: He's going against everybody for this. I mean, I understand that that you you're you know your favorite your favorite to your equipment, but he also tried to use an old helmet. That was part of his argument as well. Or try to use a new helmet, excuse me. And then they tried to spray paint his old one, Good to Lord. make it look like. Uh, what are we What are we doing? Here? I don't know. I I, I I mean, this is this is. I, we had Jason Lockett for on Friday. I was sitting in for for Doug Gottlieb on the Doug Gottlieb show and. So this has got to be a first right. And he said, yeah, never, never to, to deal with this. Aaron Rodgers has changed. Tom Brady has changed. Antonio Brown just doesn't want to.
3: Yeah, I mean, it can't be all these other receivers are dealing with it, you know? I mean, and they're able to, I don't know whether it's a comfort thing or a vision thing or whatever the the case is. Everybody else is doing it. 99.9% of the players are doing it. You can do it, too. Uh, this is... Uh, This is as wild of a story as you almost as you as I was consuming it this week. I just I thought you thought you were reading like a story on the onion or something like that. You know what I mean? Like you thought you were reading a fake story and you're like, this is real. That's I can't wait. And I don't know when it'll happen. But how hard knocks addresses this or how they cover this or what all this looks like and the behind the scenes stuff on obviously the HBO show covering the Raiders uh preseason training camp. That will be very interesting too.
0: He's Nick Ba I'm Dan Bayer. This is Fox Sports Sunday. Get Nick on Twitter at Nick Ba. I'm at Dan Bayer on Fox. Coming up in about thirty minutes or so We will reveal uh, the next course that I will hit. So our golf contest, yeah, we got another one coming up. We will reveal where I will play, guessing my score on the two holes, and we'll have some prizes if you follow us on Twitter again, at Nick Baugh, and I'm at Dan Byer on Fox. We'll reveal that in about 30 minutes. But coming up next, we start it. It's the countdown, the top 10 television theme songs when it comes to sports. Number 10 is on the way that next year on Fox Sports Sunday.
1: Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano.
2: And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon.
1: We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon.
5: At Farmer's Insurance, we know there's a crucial difference between a kick drum pedal and your car's accelerator pedal. Because at Farmers, we've seen and covered it. We
4: are Farmers. Bum, bum, bum,
6: bum, 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 Underwritten by Farmers, truck fire insurance, exchanges and affiliates. Products not available in every state. Fox Sports Sunday.
0: Rocking along on this Sunday afternoon. He's Nick Baugh. I'm Dan Byer. So glad that you're with us. Get Nick on Twitter at Nick Baugh. I'm at Dan Byer on Fox. This has been out. Uh, this this next what we're going to dive into for the next couple of hours has been a a project that's kind of been in the works for the last week or so. And this is something that uh, it actually started. You know, what, I'll be honest. In in hearing some of the sounds of the summer leading to fall, mm-hmm. made me start to think of okay, what are what are the great ones? What are, what are the great sports TV songs? Wh- which ones are the best? And when you left your local show. In yeah. Omaha, Nick, I even listened to the end. They ended with one of your favorites, which is One Shining Moment. So it all kind of like all of our worlds kind of came together in thinking of okay, what is what are the greatest TV songs? And today, with the staff of Nick, Gavin Kinzel, our executive producer, our anchor, David Gascon, and myself, we all voted, we have made a top 10 of the greatest TV sports theme songs there
3: are Here we go. I, I'm, I'm, I can't wait to were you was your criteria like identify, how identifiable it is? How much it it, it can change your emotional state? Like there's a lot of different you know ways that can you, you can look at
0: it. If I get goosebumps, you're in the top three. Let's put right. it that way. When I when I hear that, like that is something that gets me going. If something gets me in the in the in the mood for a sport, that's probably good top ten worthy. But when when I get goosebumps, you automatically shoot to the top. And there were a couple of songs, and it's usually in the first couple of notes that get you going that 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 do that, but that was my criteria. How did you rank yours? And by the way, just to let everyone know. The, the rankings of myself, Nick, Gavin, and Dave, we did one through seven, but from the rankings, because there were difference, we were able to put together a top 10. But how are your rankings put together?
3: Uh, you know, I think he, you, you kind of start with just how identifiable it is. Like, you you know, almost in like a, you know, first couple notes, do you just immediately, there isn't a, what is this? Is this, is this CBS? No, I mean, you got to know. There can't be any like looking up of what this is. But then just like any, any, great song it can take you to a certain place whether it's when you first heard it or a moment in time maybe there's like a a song that you love that was really important in high school or college or at a whatever right like to me a great sports tv music theme song should instantly be able to take you into that emotional teleport you into that emotional uh, state of of whatever that sport is, and so the ones that do that to me the most are the ones that that really slid high on my board. All right, let's get to
0: it. Let's uh, yeah, well, here it is. We got our own imaging, Nick. Yes, we do yeah. for our top ten sports TV theme songs ranked by us here on Fox Sports Sunday. We will start counting them down
2: Countdown. right <laughs> now. Ten.
0: Whoa! Wow! The NBA on TNT! This was surprising. First of all, cable production. Okay, this was this is not a network TV theme song, but when I hear this, I imagine Ernie, yes. Kenny, Chuck,
3: and Shaq sitting right in front of me. Yeah, I you know what? I instantly feel like I'm I'm up. Well, the, you guys don't have to deal with this because you're on West Coast time, but I instantly feel like I'm up way too late watching a Western Conference playoff game. Like, that's Im- <laughs> immediately what I, I feel like. Like, right now, I'm like, I need to go to bed. I mean, this is why am I seriously staying up for the second half of this jazz game? Like, what am I doing here? <laughs> this, this was relatively high on my board,
7: by the way. So, did, I, I, you know, I'm a little bummed it, it was at number 10. Did David Gasco did this song
0: make your rankings in your top seven, the NBA and TNT theme song?
8: Yeah, you know what, actually? I had this one as number four on my list. Wow. So there's uh, there's something special about postseason basketball. Yes. And when this comes on, it makes me think of that.
0: That's, uh, that's number 10, the NBA on TNT theme song. All right, let's move on for our countdown of the greatest top 10 TV sports theme songs as we move on to...
7: Number nine.
0: (laughs) I'll tell you what. I am right now in October... On a football field in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Like that's, that's where it. that's where I am right now. In in the the college. This was so high on my list, and this is I don't I am surprised. Maybe because now CBS and the SEC are tied in, and these guys here don't want to watch the SEC. This was high on my list. This was all the
3: way up to number two on my list. This you're you instantly just feel like you're getting ready to watch a really good SEC game. You yes, just, you do. You instantly feel like, you know what? Here we go. This feels like it's going to be really, really good. I I uh, and, and that's the thing, too. It's like you instantly feel like how you I mean, you are able to identify the month, the time of day. It's like October, Saturday afternoon. This is what it's going to be every single time.
0: This is this is one that's a little older as well. Did that? Gavin, this didn't make your list. Or this did? was number six. Number so, six I, yeah. on his list. This was high up for me. I don't think it made Dave's.
3: It did it make yours, Nick. It, it did not. Uh, it did not. It did, it did not make my. <laughs> I, I was. I've, I'm real tough, partial to basketball. Yeah, shocker. Of course. Shocker. Of course. And then. Even the last one with the TNT one, there's such a, an identifiable NBA theme that it's like, and I know it's probably not fair to have it. like To me, it cast such a big shadow that that kind of factored in two things. With Th- this it is well
0: what's key about this song. This is why I had the previous song so high. I just am curious here on, Sam, can we just replay the beginning of that song that we just played, the CBS College Football theme song? If there's a way to do it for the...
4: <laughs>
0: like that's the rest <laughs> that of the little jingle. Yes, that's and then it kind of goes throughout. But I mean, heck, before the SEC became you know connected with CBS, there were other great college football games on CBS. Heck, Ohio State, Michigan, at you know, at the time was right, on, right. On CBS. So you had those great games, but I love that college football. I'm
3: game. just ready to hear like Gary Danielson come into my life or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm just re- I mean, yeah. I'm ready for I'm ready to see his face. Oh, that
0: was high on my list, but it only makes number nine on our our top 10 TV sports theme songs. All right, let's move it along.
7: Number eight.
0: Ooh. <laughs> Granted, I think we take this off of a TV. That's what it sounds like. You know, like when you put the boombox up yeah, to the quality, speaker. Right. But the... the College basketball theme song for CBS. Just the brings yeah. me in. I I, th- I think we're going courtside with Ian Eagle and Jim Smart Swanarco <laughs> right now. Like, aren't we? Aren't they in aren't they in Dayton for the first four? The first
3: four coming up here. Yeah, you got <laughs> let's go to the 15 to 15-2 game out in Tulsa. You know, it's you it's so good. I mean, this is you instantly feel like it's the first weekend, or it's you know, it's it's the first weekend of the NCAA tournament. Something like that. It's just it's it's just happy. I'm just happy when I hear this song.
0: It is a it is a the, the opening again of this theme song. I, I put this on my list. This was lower on my list. This was on your list, Nick.
7: Yep, it was.
8: It David was number Gavin. seven. So it may not I, make I, I, my it,
7: list. Great song though.
8: Yeah, I didn't make my list. And when I think about this song when it comes on, it's almost like. Like test day, if you guys remember, like back in the day when you get a, a test results and you don't want to see the score because you know you did terribly wrong. <laughs> right. This is like me thinking about the afternoon or nighttime when I have to look at my bracket because they're doing a recap of the day of, and it's like red, 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 not like good, no green good. at all. But yeah, it's a, it's still a great song.
0: I, I find it interesting because of our backgrounds of where David and, and specifically Dave went a lot of professional sports theme songs on his not right. as much love to the college game as we've seen some college ones break our top 10. Dave, any reason why you hate college TV theme songs? <laughs>
8: um well I think part of it has to do with the opening montages and how the shows are opened that I like I, if you if you notice that the opening to all the songs that I picked, or at least we'll go through it. But there's a great montage. There's a great opening with either the the host, the show, the staff, or even the play-by-play broadcaster that I think is just it's unique, and I think it does it better than than the college ranks do it. I, I just remember because the links that you sent, it would make me think of specific broadcasters like a Dick Enberg or mm-hmm. an Al Michaels or a Bob Costas, yeah, yes. and they just jump out to me right away. When you play college football, I thought Vern Lundquist. That was the one. Sure. That was the yeah. one guy I thought about immediately. So they're just identifiable. I, I hate you for making me feel old now, Dan. Because all these well, songs are like here, back. in the here's day. here's the thing:
0: I was gonna say, guys, with, with Dave, is he's too busy watching his college football fantasy team that only is the Mountain West <laughs> and Pac-12, and so there's really no theme songs to listen to for those leagues. That's right. So he was missing out on watching the SEC. Did, he yeah, wants he brought, is there like a Mac Network opening theme song? I, I just play you? the.
8: I I'd play, I'd play the theme music to Dukes of Hazard. <laughs>
0: Yeah, there go. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there it is. OK, we are through number eight. We are through number eight. Let's get to number seven as we wrap up this first portion. If you're just tuning in, the NBA on TNT theme song was at number 10. The CBS College football theme was at nine. And the CBS College basketball theme was at number eight.
4: On our way to number one.
0: Number seven. Really, I am surprised. I am. I know the rankings, and I'm surprised. This is Hank Williams Jr.'s Monday Night Football song. I thought was destined for top five.
3: It was number five for me. It has, this, I, I'm surprised. I thought everybody's love. This is this is an iconic song.
8: Yeah, Dan and Nick, you have the full authority to fire the rest of the people on the staff.
7: <laughs> <laughs> what, what the hell? I, I think I brought that ranking down because yeah, that was not on my list. Bring the show down. <laughs> yeah. Bring the ranking down. Kevin
8: wow. Kinsella. Oh man, this is number two for me. Uh, one of the songs too that now
0: listen this comes in the middle of the song so the other songs you're talking about the beginning right. the guitar of the cbs college hoop song or the part that i like with the cbs college football this is are you ready for some football you know is
3: right in the middle so uh, and plus it's a slow build it is i will say it's a slow yes. it's it takes a while to really get rolling but it's I mean, just Are a- you ready for some football? Is a iconic phrase for you know it's a, it is in some ways this song is synonymous with the sport in my <laughs> opinion. It's also the only time that a song lyric was, Cowboys
7: and the Cardinals coming over tonight. <laughs> it's just like, a little too honky-tonk for me. That's that's what brought it I'll down. Give I'll, just, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. It gets the points for being classic and, and memorable and iconic, but I will admit, this, little did not, too much cowbell. this didn't make my rankings either. <laughs> oh, my, really? And now oh. I'm mad at myself. Like, I'm
0: not <laughs> hearing the whole song. I hate myself. Yeah. I'm not coming over tonight because I am not inviting myself because I didn't vote for this song. Oh, there it is. All right, Hank Williams Jr. Oh, Do man. Do you remember the SNL skit when Chris Farley did yeah. his Bo Cephas? Oh, another good one. He had a, He was singing uh, all of the matchups because they just needed to insert them in the song, you know, for week six and week seven.
8: Can I, can I ask you a personal question, Dan Byers? Yes. Do you not like this song because the Seahawks back in the day were not featured a lot on Monday Night Football? <laughs> it's a true, it, qu- yeah. it's an honest question.
0: No. I actually do love this song. Oh, okay. One of my worst memories of it being a child was coming to school the day after Bo Jackson ran over my Seahawks.
4: <laughs> fifth grade. <laughs> Mark LeDuc
0: was a Raiders fan, and everybody, like, the Seahawks didn't get to play on Monday night a lot, but when they did, by the way, I got to stay up past halftime and watch the game. <laughs> nice. And that night, and the Seahawks were actually really good at home, and they didn't lose on primetime a lot when they played, but that night in fifth grade when Bo Jackson ruined my uh, my Tuesday. Day because he ran over the uh, the Seahawks ran this, them and ran over them.
3: Some of this could be for for some people it, it feels like Monday Night Football obviously used to be a way bigger deal and it's it's since been kind of uh, pushed to the background in terms of its kind of place or fixture in. TV yeah. and football, so I think it's, so for some people, it's like it's it's easy to kind of forget. Like I'm not even sure. I when we were going through them, I when I just saw ESPN Monday Night Football their new theme, I was like, I'm not sure I know this off the top of my head. Then when I played it, I was like, oh okay. But that's just a window into how much the 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 status sure. of Monday Night Football has kind of changed.
0: And and just to let people know, there are certain productions that have multiple songs. Yeah, that, that right. where, where where they're maybe used in different parts could be a foreshadowing to what we have ahead in our rankings so the doc has just tweeted in cbs college football already way too low hank williams jr monday
7: night football too high that from the doc wow who is yeah i firmly agree with both of those honestly All right, he's oh, Nick Baugh,
0: I'm Dan Bayer. David Gascon's hanging out, as is Gavin Kinzel. Sam Kinsley, our technical producer, is doing the most work. And it's why his mic isn't open right now, because he has got so much on his plate. We'll let him catch our breath. We'll, we will catch our breath as David Gascon <laughs> gives us the latest of what is happening right now in the world of sports. Uh,
8: I will hold you guys all together as we dip into a little bit of Major League Baseball. We'll start things off, though, in the National Football League. Arizona Cardinals executive vice president and COO, Rob Miniger was arrested last night in suspicion of DUI in Chandler, Arizona. Cardinals did issue a statement as well, saying Miniger's actions last night are inexcusable. He made the decision to drive home after drinking alcohol, and it is unfortunate that he was pulled – it is fortunate he was pulled over before injuring anyone or himself end quote on that Antonio Brown's grievance hearing will take place at some point this week. A decision will be made. Athletic reporting that Brown will do everything he can possibly to make sure the NFL is liable if he suffers any kind of injury with the league-mandated helmets. Eagles right tackle Lane Johnson will miss all of preseason now with a knee injury. Broncos running back Theo Riddick has a broken shoulder. He'll miss six to eight weeks' worth of action. And Pittsburgh Steelers wide receivers coach Daryl Drake passed away at the age of 62. In Major League Baseball, Nationals' Max Scherzer will throw a simulated game on Tuesday. He hasn't pitched or started a game since June the 6th. Meanwhile, on the diamond right now, Pittsburgh led Seattle 8-4. St. Louis, that is, not Seattle. St. Louis 8-4. Cardinals have come all the way back. Dexter Fowler a two-run shot. Paul Goldschmidt four for five. His 26th home run of the season. He's driven in three. St. Louis leading Pittsburgh 11-8. to eight. Dodgers are clubbing the Diamondbacks right now. 7 to nothing. Justin Turner's two for three. Two home runs. 18th and 19th of the season. Cody Bellinger's got 38 now on the year. LA 7. Arizona nothing. Padres were up 2 nothing over the Rockies and now the Rockies have taken the lead. It's 4-2 in the bottom of the sixth and Carlos Santana has gone deep for the Tribe. They lead in Minnesota over the Twins by a 7-3 score. Back to Dan Byer and Nick Bond Just 10 seconds but first a word from Farmers. At Farmers
5: Insurance we know a roof can withstand a lot. One exception being an airborne car. Seen it, covered it. Talk to farmers. We
4: are farmers. Bum, bum,
6: bum, 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 bum. Underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state.
8: Dan, I will say this. We're playing with a full deck with your music selection. Because the guys on our staff, Gavin and Iowa Sam, are a little bit younger, so they haven't. They didn't watch football. They didn't watch football in the 90s.
0: I wondered if that was going to play into my rankings where I would have songs that were maybe a bit older Mm -hmm. that uh, just wouldn't get the love from the rest of you guys, oh. which then made me feel really old. No, there no, were there were some that
7: I had never heard before. There were some that were actually oh, no. out.
0: I, I, I sent a bunch of songs out. One of them was the NBC Major League Baseball theme from the late 80s. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Gavin wasn't born then. so <laughs> or, or,
7: I, or I Sam, didn't know that was but, a real video.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's like a YouTube music. <laughs> there was a lot of static to that music as well. Uh, if you missed the rankings, again, NBA on TNT is 10th, followed by the theme song for the college football on CBS. Then number 8 was the CBS College basketball theme song and number seven, Hank Williams Jr.'s Monday Night Football song in our top 10 TV sports. Songs countdown. I'm not even sure how to phrase the countdown, but I think yeah, it's hard. It's a mouthful.
3: It is. It is a mouthful. I am. I still can't. I don't know. We got to move on another time I'm still the Hake hey, Williams. Are you ready for some football? I'm amazed. That's that's not in the top five. Yeah. Amazed. <laughs> I,
0: I think he was too. He's going to write a diss track to us for the, for that <laughs> low ranking. The uh, NFL is grabbing headlines, obviously, with training camps, but there are some teams that are taking more of the headlines than others. And realistically, over the last week or so, I would say it's been the Oakland Raiders that have kind. Kind of grabbed the headlines for whether it be hard knocks or whether it be now this Antonio Brown situation. I would also argue that another team that has grabbed a lot of the headlines throughout the offseason, obviously the Cleveland Browns. Now, those two teams are in different spots, Nick, yeah. but they're in the same spot that they're in the AFC. And I think right now it is an easier, easier thing to do to pick the teams that won't make the playoffs or at least a shorter operation of the ones that won't make the playoffs than the ones who might. I don't think that the Raiders have a chance. I don't know how good Denver's going to be. I'm not really counting on them. The Dolphins will be bad. We don't know what to expect from the Bills offense, and we don't expect a lot from the Cincinnati Bengals. But outside of that, I think every single team outside of those teams that I mentioned – have a realistic shot at the playoffs. And when we talk about the Cleveland Browns, and we even did it a week ago of what's, a, what's successful for the Cleveland Browns, what would we deem success? Looking back and taking a step back at the AFC, you could have a Cleveland team go 10-6 and six and not make the playoffs right. because of how deep this conference is, especially compared to what you have right now in the NFC.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think you look at, I mean, you can make a case, the the cream of the crop in terms of the top two teams, both are are in the AFC, and then, I mean, the depth of that conference is, th- there's going to be some teams that don't make the playoffs that were good enough to win a game or two in the playoffs, in my yeah. opinion. I mean, yeah. that, that were absolutely good enough, and so... That's where, it, it, in in my mind, you kind of sit there and you go, oh, well, if a team, I don't know if you're like me, where you you, you start to predict records and then if they're going to make the playoffs or not, you say, oh, that team will be, they're going to win 10 games, they're in the playoffs. It's like, no, that's that might not be the case. Yeah, I mean, correct. You, so it's not as simple of as just looking at a number of wins and whether that gets in. I, I am going to be really interested to see how all this stuff shakes out in the AFC, because you're right, I mean, you... You'd, you it's easy to write off a couple of teams but it's also i mean could who would anybody be stunned if the Chargers had an amazing, uh, you know, really got it rolling. This year. No, not no. really. I mean, they... twelve they, wins they,
0: last year. Yeah, yeah.
3: I mean, would anybody be stunned if if Jacksonville maybe Foles comes in has that magic going? You know, the defense is pretty good. If they get it rolling, not necessarily. You know, I, it's it is. I mean, same thing with Baltimore. I mean, the, these are teams that were, uh, you know, obviously were in the playoffs for some of them were. But yeah, it's uh, it is it is amazing when you look at the depth of that conference. You mentioned the Chargers. It's funny
0: because there are some that think that the Chargers have the best roster in the National Football League yeah and people aren't picking them to win their division well like I mean like just I mean think about that like with so with how good Kansas City is we did our worst to first predictions from last week and the Jaguars were one of the opportunity one of the teams that we we said had that opportunity but it's not going to be easy for them. I would have no idea right now as we sit here on August 11th on who to pick for the AFC South but i could make an argument for every single one of those teams yeah and and there's going to be two of them that are well, likely two of them that will be left out of the picture and one obviously for sure so that tells me and so i look at like i look at cleveland like we will judge their season and if they get to the playoffs or not. They could be ten and six. They could be eleven and five. And you know, depending on how things play out, maybe lose a tiebreaker. I look at the Baltimore Ravens and how much scrutiny Lamar Jackson is under, and I really like what the Ravens are doing. And if the Ravens end up going ten and six, but they don't make the playoffs, we're going to say, "See, told you, Lamar Jackson can't right. throw." The, you know, like like the, these arguments that we have of like how good a team is really has to be put into the parameters. I think. Of how this AFC is going to shape out because it is loaded right now.
3: It's amazing how fast the conversation has changed on Cleveland. Where I mean, imagine a year ago, you like think about everything you just said about Cleveland and having someone play that for you a year ago. You'd have been like, "What? You you think they're going to win ten games?" And they could go, but that's how fast things have shifted to where all of a sudden we are legitimately discussing that. It, there's a if they don't make the playoffs, it's a it's a unsuccessful season for the Cleveland Browns. I mean, this is a team that didn't win a game two years ago, but they're it's it's one of the, they're kind of the poster child to me for how fun the NFL is on how quickly things can the, the conversation mm-hmm. around your team can change fast.
0: He's Nick Ba. I'm Dan Bayer. This is Fox Sports Sunday. Coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. It's very, very difficult to follow in the footsteps of Brooks Kepka, But I'm <laughs> going to give it a shot. We'll tell you what that means next year on Fox Sports Sunday.
4: On our way to
1: number one,
4: Countdown.
2: And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon.
1: We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon.
5: Farmers Insurance knows the difference between a car hitting your bumper and a clown car hitting your bumper. Because at Farmers, we've seen and covered it.
4: We are Farmers. Bum, 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 bum,
6: Underwritten by Farmers, truck fire insurance, exchanges, and affiliates. Products not available in every state. Fox Sports Sunday. He's Nick Ba. I'm Dan Byer. We will
0: resume our countdown of the top TV sports theme songs coming up in about 40 minutes or so. Four off the board. Six left to go. Uh, former NBA center Marquette great Jim McElvain, just tweeted in, uh, Will American Gladiators make the cut? And I told Jim... Tune in to find out if they've made the top six. So there's there is a theme that could be in play. Although, although I'm not sure Gavin was born when American Gladiators was on. So there's a, there's the other issue with all that. Russell Crowe was in that one, right? Yeah.
3: Russell Crowe. <laughs> show is terrific, uh, let's well,
0: be honest. It was a was a great show. Uh, joining us now on the show. Is uh, the uh, a guest of ours that uh, that is a special guest for the simple reason of this? There is going to be another buyer hits challenge. Nick Ba, yes, yes, he's Nick Ba. I'm Dan Bayer. This is Fox Sports Sunday, and a buyer hits challenge started last uh, last spring when I tackled Pebble Beach a month before the U.S. Open. Had a contest of what my combined score would be on holes number seven, the par three, and the par 5 18th. Now, mind you, Nick shot an 82 at Pebble Beach, right? It was 82, not 82. 80, 82. Yep. yep. I'm so, bowing right now <laughs> to, the, to everyone. <laughs> the uh, the the point is is it was in advance of the U.S. Open. We had people pick my score, and then of the correct scores. We drew, had a random drawing for a prize pack. Giris Herndon won because he picked 12. I wish he would have picked 9-1. and one. That didn't happen. But the, the <laughs> 9 on the par 5-18th doomed me in with a par on the par 3-7th. So the next Buyer Hits Challenge will be at the home of the 2017 U.S. Open, Aaron Hills in beautiful Aaron, Wisconsin, my home state. Joining us now on the program is the Competitions Director at Aaron Hills, John Morissette. Hey, John, how are you? Uh, good, Dan. How are you doing? We are, we are doing well. Now, now, Nick, I want to let you know that, that John has seen my golf game. And okay. So John knows what I can and can't do on the course. But John is about to reveal what two holes I will play at Aaron Hills for the Buyer Hits Aaron Hills Challenge. John, feel free to unveil what I will have to conquer.
2: All right, well, we're going to throw two interesting holes at you. That is uh, holes 9 and 15, two of our shorter holes. 9 is the shortest par 3 on the golf course, and 15 is one of the shortest par 4s. But they are more than a handful. Uh, For example, in the last round of the 2017 U.S. Open, they were actually the two hardest holes uh, on the golf course. So a lot going on. You have wind, some really tough bunkers, greens you can putt off of, uh, tall fescue. all all sorts of trouble (laughs) and fun.
0: Which I think I've putted off of 15 before. So I think I have done that. I think I've (laughs) accomplished that before. John, I know that there's big things going on at Aaron Hills. You guys just opened the Drumlin. Tell me a little bit about that course.
2: Yeah, the the Drumlin's our new putting course just opened August the first. Sixty three thousand square feet uh, with some uh, just crazy uh, undulations. uh, You know, wild enough that we're going to have to keep it uh, slower than the greens on the uh, uh, regular course. And it's uh, you know it's all about fun. And you know, part of the goal is for people to face putts that they've never faced before with just some, uh, you know, that it's going to require some imagination where two players, you know, you might decide to hit it. Ten feet left of the hole, and I might decide to try to hit it fifteen feet right of the hole, and you might wind up uh, right at the hole. So a lot of different strategy, a lot of different ways to play the holes. It's going to change a little bit each day, uh, and it's going to be and it's uh, lit. So, uh, oh, you know, right. before b- before after dinner, you know, grab a, a, a cocktail, grab a spot cow, come down there and uh, have some fun.
0: There it is, nine and fifteen will be the challenge, Nick. Uh, any guesses on the on the par three and the par four for me?
2: Well Kepka went par par, so
3: I'm gonna I'm gonna say you're probably not gonna go par uh, par again. I'm not <laughs> so gonna for you.
0: We're gonna do it in a week and a half. I will see you then and we'll report with the hopefully good news. How does that sound?
2: Very good. look, look forward to look forward to it, Dan.
8: John Morris said at Aaron Hills leave things off. First, the National Football League, Arizona Cardinals, Executive Vice President and COO Rod Miniger, was arrested last night on suspicion of DUI in Chandler, Arizona. Cardinals did issue a statement on his release. Meanwhile, Antonio Brown's grievance hearing will have a decision coming at some point this week. Brown's going to try to do everything he can to make sure the NFL is liable for any injury he does suffer the league-mandated helmets. Meanwhile, The Athletic is reporting. Jarek McKinnon of the San Francisco 49ers looks to be starting the season on the injured reserve list. New York Giants' first-round pick, quarterback DeAndre Baker will undergo an MRI on his knee. Major League Baseball as it stands right now. Dodgers are all over the Diamondbacks. 7-0 LA. Justin Turner make it 8-0 now. Justin Turner has hit two home runs. Cody Bellinger, 38th home run of the season as well. I'm David Gascon. We are Boss It is Fox
0: Sports Sunday. What a first hour. We've got through our... Sports TV theme songs, ten down to seven. Six and five will come up at the bottom of the hour. We also just spoke with competitions director at Aaron Hills, John Morissette, who filled us in that I will be playing the well, I'll be playing the whole course, but the contest for buyer hits Aaron Hills will be the par three ninth hole and the par four 15th hole. Now, I've had the pleasure of playing the course before a couple of times. My previous experience on the course, Nick, will do me no good. Well,
3: so, n- none at all. I'm looking at uh, there's pictures of the green uh, of hole nine and hole fifteen. I mean, I'm I'm stressed just looking at the green. I mean, <laughs> it looks like if you miss that thing at all, I know you're done. Is that what it's like? This is, is it-
0: this is what I will I will compare. It is the, the ninth the ninth green is set up in a way where okay, there's the ninth green. It's hundred and thirty five hundred and forty yards away from you. But not all of it is hittable. There's like a valley on the right side of the green in the middle of the green that will take the ball and funnel it down and maybe run off and maybe even run off into a bunker. Yeah. So, so you have a whole green sitting there, but not all of it is hittable. There are are pin placements that are difficult to get to. If I escape with par on that hole, I am happy.
3: Well, yeah, it's. I'm looking. I'm counting one, two, three, four, five, six, maybe seven bunkers surrounding the entire green. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So if you, boy, oh boy, if you don't hit the green, and as you're saying, if you hit the green even in the wrong spot, you're you're you could be hacking away in the sand. And 15 certainly is the same way. It looks really, really hilly. Uh, still, a couple of bunkers towards what looks like it's the front of the green. But yeah, you're, I'm, um, hey, good luck with all that, Dan. Good I, luck with all that.
0: I did not realize, just like last week when I found out how much pressure was on in the nick of time when I had the tables yeah, turned yeah. on me, when we started this contest for Pebble Beach. And listen, you shot the 82 at Pebble Beach, so I'm like, all right. Nick told me he had the round of his life there. I really did. Played so well. Maybe that would trickle down to me when I played it. Not only did that not happen, I even felt more pressure as I was playing it, thinking that I'm going to have to tell people what my score is. So when I get to the 9th tee, when I get to the 15th tee, I'll be playing, by the way, a week from Tuesday. It'll be August 20th, so I will report... The following week on our show, August 25th, on how I did, we'll have a recap and and so much more. But there's more pressure than I even realized.
3: I will say, the, the course looks gorgeous. I mean, these photos. It looks it looks amazing. i so try to while you're stressed out, try to enjoy it a little bit, Dan. Try I try to enjoy the process a little bit. I, I will
0: I will try to do that. That's actually good advice for Nick Saban, and it's a perfect transition as we're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Fifteen minutes could save you fifteen percent or more on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. Because we are closing in. In fact, we are less than two weeks away from Florida and Miami, kind of opening up the college football season, and in, in one of the marquee games in Week Zero. But realistically, we're three weeks out of the college football from the opening of the college football season. And Nick Saban, the Alabama head coach, um, the Alabama Crimson Tide making some news with some scheduling and some games that they're going to have. They they signed a home and home deal with Wisconsin coming up in 2024 and 2025. And I don't know if Nick Saban will be around for those games, but <laughs> I hate the way it, they do their schedules it, it, It's like so that, It's too. so far ahead. But Nick Saban was speaking and he actually was speaking with ESPN on Friday and was talking about scheduling. And, and this is the thing that I've always felt with college football scheduling, Nick, is when when your scheduling is like so advantageous for you, I don't want to listen to what you have to say. Mm-hmm. And I actually think that's the way with, with Alabama. They can spin it however they want. They haven't played a road game north of Kentucky uh, since 2011. They play these neutral site games where their fans can travel to. And I get it. You want your fans to travel, but then it's essentially an Alabama home game. Whether it be in Dallas, whether it be in Atlanta, whether it be in Orlando or somewhere else, there's a reason why Alabama is playing these games. It also serves as a pseudo home game. You're also in a conference that only plays eight conference games. So Nick Saban says, I've always said... Let's play all Power 5 games. I was in the NFL where we would play all the games against NFL teams, but let's play at least 10 Power 5 games. It would be better for the players, better for the fans, and I think you wouldn't have to worry that if you lost a game that you wouldn't have as much of a chance to still be in a playoff. I think Alabama gets the the biggest pass on when they lose a game. Everybody still says... Well, they're Alabama, right. you know. So, so like when Nick Saban says, this, "There's a lot of truth to what he is saying," but I would almost want it a bit further. Play 11 Power Five games. Play 12 Power Five games. Whether you add a conference game, whether you add a non-conference game against a Power Five or two, however you want to do it. But to me, like like these comments, it just, I I just wish that college football and the Power Fives would 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 catch up and at least be on the same page with how we're scheduling. And this even solution of these comments, I don't think even go far enough for what we need in college football.
3: No, not at all. I mean, I you're there there needs to be a college football commissioner, somebody that can oversee everything and and mandate unified scheduling parameters. I mean, this is something to me that is is so is so needed for this sport how If you're truthfully going to have a playoff system, especially that is at at current construction of four, it is ridiculous that a lot of these schedules, when you line them up, are totally not even close to the same. Where You have some playing eight conference games, others playing nine. Uh, Some don't play any power conference teams uh, in their non-cons. Some play one or two. It's ridiculous. And so I'm with you. I'm uh, the more the merrier. I, I am uh, if, if they want to have 11 power conference opponents on each, I'm all for that. But to me at a minimum, I think it should be everyone plays nine conference games. everyone. and it's talking about power the power five plays nine conference games. you have to play one non-conference power five opponent and you cannot play any more FCS teams. There it is. So you, you mm-hmm. still want to you want to play a Mac team, you want to play a Mountain West team, whatever, but no FCS teams. One non-con power five opponent. Everybody plays nine conference games. Off you go. To me, that is a, that is an easy, clean way to schedule it and set it. And I think it would make football, college football, way better. There are programs that,
0: and and I agree with basically everything that you've said. I understand. I understand. Say. I'm trying to I'm trying to phrase this correctly. I don't understand an Alabama playing an FCS team. I don't understand, and I'm not trying to be SEC specific. I, I I don't understand a Clemson team doing it. I wouldn't understand an Ohio State or Michigan team doing it. I wouldn't understand a USC team. Would I understand if Rutgers did? Yeah. Okay. Maybe so. Maybe maybe, maybe there's something to that. Would I understand? And I know it's difficult from year to year. On what team is good, but as a program, you would have to take that risk that that would be held against you when trying to advance. So I I understand like those sorts of maybe programs. I just don't think if you're a perennial anything in the top twenty five, there is no reason for you to schedule that game. Like K State, I know North Dakota State has won tons of FCS championships. But there's really no point for a Kansas State team that is trying to compete for the Big Twelve to play that game. Even when they would lose those games, which which makes it doubly worse. Yeah. I, I, I agree with that. I find it a little bit more difficult for the Pac twelve sometimes to schedule because there isn't a Mac. There isn't mm-hmm. a, a you know, an American athletic conference where you can maybe have an easier time. All you've really got is the the Mountain West out there to to play a non-conference game, but still, if you're a USC or you're a Washington or you're you're an Oregon, you don't need to schedule those games in the first place.
3: Well, and to, to, to your point on on Bama playing the FCS schools or or even you know teams in the SEC, Clemson does as well. It, it's also when they play them. I mean, the fact that yeah. on November 23rd alabama will step out and play western carolina so when the season hits its peak of stress physically mentally emotionally pressure all those things where it's harder to survive a loss all that they basically get a bye week when these other teams in the big 10 or or the big 12 are going to be playing uh, conference rivals or or yep. really tough games. Mm-hmm. I, so I just think it's total BS that not only they play FCS schools, but the fact that they play them in the middle of November is ridiculous. They're the smartest schedule. I
0: use Alabama, and that was part of the news, actually, because the 2020 schedules came out this week where Alabama wasn't playing an FCS school prior to the Iron Bowl. They're actually playing Texas A&M. But leading into the Texas A&M game, they're playing an FCS school. See, so instead of man. having the two, you know, instead of having the the one week layup in leading into the Iron Bowl, it's actually going to be two weeks. But they're still using that same premise. And when you have a conference like the Big Ten that's expanded to nine schools, and I know we're both Big Ten guys, and sure, so I don't want to make sure. it sound biased, but the point is they've expanded to nine conference games, and they've been left out of the playoffs the last two years. Yeah, and. So, what benefit has it been for them to do that? Apparently, none, because they haven't been given any benefit of the doubt when it came to being considered for a college playoff. I I hear very rarely, and it's not that I don't hear it, but I just don't hear a lot of well. They play eight conference games, or they play nine conference games, and then the only counter argument you say is well they couldn't handle that 8 game schedule if you had to play that week in and week out well yeah. there th- that, that that's fantasy world that's that's just us guessing all we can do is take what we have on our plate alabama is very very smart when it comes to scheduling they know what they're doing so to hear nick saban say these comments to me just doesn't carry
3: a lot of weight yeah and it's i mean i i think in terms of adding that ninth conference game what's frustrating is like uh, us, the viewers, college football fans and consumers, we win because I'd much rather see Ohio State go play at Purdue or at Iowa than play Ball State or Tulsa. I would That's a more fun game to watch, but in a lot of different ways, the number one reason Ohio State is was not in the playoff the last two years is because they lost those games. They lost at Iowa. They lost at Purdue. And that's just it's it's kind of your your cut you're, you're caught in this tough spot if you're the big Ten where you are putting a better product on the on the field in terms of just a quality football game but it's it's without question. I think you can you can tie it back to what's been the reason you've been left out of the playoff and that's a that's just a crummy situation
0: in about 45 minutes or so we will dive into what are the biggest storylines heading into college football and there was one coming out of norman oklahoma we will talk about that again coming up in about 45 minutes he's nick ba i'm dan buyer this is fox sports sunday get nick on twitter at nick ba i'm at dan buyer on foxes we're coming to you live from the geico fox sports radio studios so now this antonio brown helmet saga has begun how will it come to an end? We give you that answer next year on Fox Sports Sunday.
1: Countdown. Do you love Selena? Like,
7: really love?
1: Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano.
2: And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon.
1: We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon.
5: At Farmer's Insurance, we know there's a crucial difference between a kick drum pedal and your car's accelerator pedal. Because at Farmers, we've
4: seen and covered it. We are Farmers. Bum, 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 bum.
6: Underwritten by Farmers, Truck, Fire, Insurance, Exchanges, and Affiliates. Products not available in every state. Fox Sports Sunday. He's Nick Ba. I'm Dan
0: Bayer. Coming up at the bottom of the hour, we will continue our top 10 countdown of the best sports TV theme songs. We are through number seven. So we've counted down from 10 through seven. You have the NBA on TNT theme, the CBS College football theme, the CBS College basketball theme, and then Hank Williams Jr.'s Monday Night Football theme. Joining us now, good friend of ours who is just wrapping up an almost three-week long journey through NFL training camps. You can hear him on Sirius XM NFL Radio. Alex Marvez joins Nick Bond, myself, Dan Beyer, here on Fox Sports Sunday. Hello, Alex.
9: How are you? Uh, doing great just putting the finishing touches on this of course appropriately enough ends with a flight delay out of Detroit but nonetheless uh, you know I plow ahead on this Sunday very blessed to do what I do and you know nine training camps and an extensive amount of time at the Pro Football Hall of Fame hard to beat that at this point of the, of the preseason.
0: Well I want to weigh in on what we are doing here first. We are we are ranking our top ten theme songs in in sports TV is there any particular favorite that you may have Alex just off, off of, of, of the history of watching sports on tv any song that resonates with you that may just give you that chicken skin those goosebumps
9: well the the runner-up would be the wide world of sports theme because oh. you never knew what you were going to get on a saturday afternoon right mm-hmm. i mean as a kid you know you, I mean, you didn't have the so-called interweb and all those types of things right and the search googles and all that stuff i mean you know you basically were given whatever wide world of sports wanted to, to sell you right so maybe one week it's the uh you know the Harlem Globetrotters and that was always something as a kid that you looked forward to maybe it was the thrill of victory and the agony of defeat and some guy you know skiing who's going to crash into a fence but that that's the runner up but I got to go with the old school Monday night Football theme. I mean, and, and I just think that that was, you know, because exactly right there, you know, Frank Gifford, Don Meredith, Howard Cosell. I mean, that to me, I and mean, you know, it's a precursor to, to the song at Fox, which is the most iconic NFL song now. But when you heard that Monday Night Football theme, I mean, you were fired up because Monday nights used to be a huge deal. And this was all until, you know, you saw Dick Ebersol, you know, who introduced the Sunday Night Football package. And Pat Bolin, one of the big things about him and the Pro Football Hall of Fame induction guys, was the fact that he was a champion for Sunday night football when this was proposed. And basically, Dick Ebersaw was saying, look, this is the number one television night of the week. More people watching TV at home on Sunday night than any other night. Why doesn't the NFL have a presence here? And Pat Boland championed this. He got one big supporter in his corner. His name was Paul Tagley Boo, the NFL commissioner. They sold Sunday night football and Monday night football became a lesson. It isn't what it once was. But I you know, I'm thinking about the Halcyon days of Monday night football when that was the primetime showcase for the league.
0: It's a it's a theme that we have not heard yet what we may hear in our rankings coming up throughout the show, giving giving you a reason to listen while you're delayed in Detroit, Alex.
9: <laughs> absolutely. What, listen through the app, listen yes, online, I heart by rated. the way. Yes, of yes
0: absolutely. Of let's, course. Uh, let's get into your thoughts on Antonio Brown. Another million-dollar question is how does this end, but how does this end?
9: Well, it's a $30 million question, right, because that was the guaranteed <laughs> money that Antonio Brown was given, and at some point, if he doesn't show up, the Raiders just say, we're out of the Antonio Brown business and try to get some sort of recoupment of salary from Antonio Brown, whatever they've given him already? And good luck with all that, by the way, with this guy. But, you know, I, I mean, look, I give John Gruden credit for handling it the way that he's handling it in that, you know, he's giving Antonio Brown his space. And listen, this may all be, you know, and it sounds goofy, but it may just be a reason for Antonio Brown to not show up at training camp. Remember that the Pittsburgh Steelers, this was reported by Jeremy Fowler the ESPN, you had, you know, the Stiller's rules, and then you had A.B. rules. And Mr. Big Chest, you know, he didn't have to stay on campus La Latrobe. He was allowed to stay at his own place of residence. Maybe Antonio doesn't want to stay with a roommate while he's in, you know, in Napa at Raiders training camp. Maybe he just wants to do his own thing for a while and then show up to camp whenever he feels like showing up. You know, I, I mean, but to me, the most disturbing part of all this, and, and Mike Silver had about a 20-post thread on his Twitter account about this. He's done an incredible job reporting the story initially. And about midway through, you started to read about erratic behavior from Antonio Brown. Basically, he's not paying attention in the meetings. That he's on his tablet. That he's looking at his bank accounts. That he's looking, uh, you know, at his Instagram and, and social media stuff that he's doing, and not paying attention to, you know, what's actually being taught in these meetings. To me, that is the thing that, that really concerns me even more. Not just the, the strange behavior about this helmet. You know, and, and you know, his kickseatic quest to try to continue to wear an outdated model of helmet that may not offer him the best protection against head trauma. But it's also where his head is at. And, you know, you've seen so many strange things from Antonio Brown off the field. You know, throwing lawn chair furniture off the balcony of his apartment. You know, some domestic situations that have been reported about. You know, speeding tickets, you know, extreme speeding tickets. Stipping a personal trainer, allegedly $6,000, and then having to, you know, get a lawsuit filed against him. Oh, and by the way, apparently going into a, a freeze tub without properly drying off so he destroyed his feet. I mean, you put all this together and how, you know, right now the Raiders, I mean, they're just trying to get to the finish line with this guy. When I say the finish line, I literally mean the end of the 2019 season. Unless Antonio Brown changes something, I think they'll put up with it for one year. Then they got to move on, cut their losses, and just realize there was a reason the Steelers gave him away in a fire cell.
3: Alex, it's... It... It's hard to not obviously overreact to what we see in preseason games because we're all just dying for football. We finally see some, we go nuts, we gobble it up. And obviously this week, Daniel Jones, everybody was pretty excited about what he looked like. Kyler Murray as well. Help, help us understand, as we're consuming preseason football, what can you legitimately take away from an NFL preseason game from a team standpoint and an individual standpoint?
9: I think from one-on-one matchups are big. When you see athleticism being shown, also you want to know if you're a coach, and it's hard for fans to know this, was the play executed properly? I think that's something there as well. If you mentioned Kyler Murray, it's so goofy because of the subterfuge involved with this Cardinals offense. They're not trying to show anything before week one against Detroit, right? So you basically may do an install of six to eight plays, because that's all Kyler Murray's going to be on the field for, Right. Six to eight plays that have nothing to do with the type of offense you're going to run during the regular season. But you're going to hope that they're executed properly, get him used to taking the center snap, get him used to you know cadence, just getting his feet wet in an NFL game. That's what the purpose of that is. So I think for different teams, though, it means different things, if you know what I'm saying. There are some teams that are going to want to play you know young players a more extensive amount of time just to find out what they have in them. You know, early on in the preseason, the games are all about trying to figure out the bottom half of your roster. And you've seen a lot of roster movement over the weekend because teams had their first preseason game and realized this guy isn't going to help us. Let's move on, sign someone else who could potentially be a good player. So I get it. I mean, it's preseason football, it's not great. I just look at it like you know. Look, if you drink enough, anything should be entertaining. So that's
0: how yeah, football. <laughs> Alex Marvez joining us here on Fox Sports Radio. It takes a lot of drinking to get through these preseason games. Uh, of course, Alex from SiriusXM NFL Radio. It is Fox Sports Sunday. So we hear that Ron Rivera called the timeout to help the Bears at the end of the first half in their kicking competition. We also hear that the Browns told the Redskins and the referees and everybody that they were going in their two-minute drill to start off the game. How common is this? in preseason games with teams, I don't know, letting the others know what they're trying to get accomplished, helping them out. How often is, is this theme that we've seen early on in 2019?
9: I think we may see it more. And, you know, there are certain times it's really weird. Like sometimes, you know, coaches will talk even in the regular season. Like, like I remember when I was covering the uh, the Dolphins back in the early 2000s and Jim Mora was still the head coach. And apparently Mora said some stuff about Edger and James and his health to Dave Wonstad like the week before the game, you're like, huh? What? What are you you even saying all this stuff for? And, you know, helping out the Dolphins in that regard. But I just think, look, preseason games are glorified scrimmages, right? And they just charge full price for them. And I think what you see now is teams trying to get something out of these games, game situations, simulating things that you couldn't do at practice. For example, you know, the Lions coaches, Matt Patricia was talking about this. Like on special teams, you're really not going to go probably – full steam ahead on special teams during a preseason practice in terms of guys colliding and those types of things is too dangerous you risk injury how do you simulate it you do it in a preseason game i remember talking to adam Gase about this you know when he was coaching uh, you know peyton manning with the broncos they would actually you know how peyton never wanted to leave a game and poor block is left on the sideline trying to get in and <laughs> they're like no don't go but you know for peyton this was practice you know, sometimes when they're blowing a team out in the fourth quarter because of the simulation of real-life snaps. So Peyton wanted to get as much practice as he could because he knew he was really going to get those looks during the, during the week of practice leading into the next game. So this was his way of staying sharp. So long story short, I think it's a positive thing for the league seeing that the outcomes really don't matter. I think it's positive when you can work with a team, tell them something's coming up, let them get used to the drill, let everyone try to get better just from the experience that comes with live football. And that is something that is so hard to simulate in practice on your own
3: team. Alex, you bring up that you're in Detroit, and you you mentioned Matt Patricia. So uh, where 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 are you at with Matt Patricia? Six and ten in year one. There obviously hasn't been necessarily a great track record of Belichick assistance going on as head coaches and and doing big things. But what what do you? What did you kind of take away from being around Coach Patricia here?
9: I think that he has a better feel for his team and vice versa. And last year, I'll be honest, I think he made some significant mistakes in not moving on from some players who just weren't going to buy into his program or simply didn't fit system-wise into what he wanted. And that includes coaches as well because you look at the disaster of a running game that you know the Lions have continued to feel through the years. And you know, now you feel, I just feel like, for example, there's more exchange between players. Matt Stafford's a perfect example. Matthew Stafford is not practicing right now. He's going to have six days off in total because he didn't play in the preseason game against the Patriots. He is going to practice next week against the Texans. But he talked with Matt. During the offseason, you know, Patricia and Stafford. And Stafford said, I could use a break during practice because, you know, Matthew wants to try to make it through an entire season, you know, and, and keep his arm strength and, and, you know, not risk injury, et cetera. So, you know, Patricia was open to that. He now meets with players to discuss practice schedules, et cetera, to try to get the pulse of his team. I think he has set up more leaders. I think that their defensive front seven is really solid. I, I have questions about, you know, look, some personnel, the offensive line, the interior, the guards, that could be really messy this team. If they suffer any injuries on the O-line or the wide receiver position, they're in a bad spot. But they're moving in the right direction now. It took a year for Matt Patricia to get his footing, but I think that they at least have a shot for success down the road. I, I do see some improvement from this Lions team, but man, you look at that division. I'm not a big Packers guy, but I think the Bears and Vikings are going to be pretty darn good. I think it might be tough for Detroit to make a playoff run. By the way, this team 0-8 in playoff games since last one in 1991.
0: All right, let's wrap up with this. What was the best part of the training camp tour?
9: The food it was amazing. I put on like I put on like 10 pounds, man. I got off my diet. I mean, I'm at Joe Mirror Seafood last night. I can't resist the sushi. Sushi's not on my diet. I go through like 80 bucks worth of sushi. I mean, I'm just, I'm so bloated right now. I mean, really. Saw two major league baseball games. That was great. Oh, you're talking about like football wise? Oh, sorry. Um, let me think. Let me think. You know what was interesting? Patrick Mahomes. And here's why. It's Look, I, I've known Patrick for a while, but, but what I find interesting is, he players are in awe of him like awe. like it's like almost like you know when you draft a new Patriots player or a new Panthers player they meet Tom Brady or Cam Newton for the first time and they've played him on Madden they grew up watching him you know there, there's a sense of awe Patrick Mahomes what was 24 25 years old And he has built a sense of awe among veterans because of what he's able to get accomplished. I mean, the way he practices, the types of throws that he makes, where he's looking guys off, or he he isn't looking. It's a no-look pass sometimes that he doesn't practice. Guys just cannot believe the arm talent, the maturity, his ability to run an offense. It just was so interesting to me to see someone so young, you know, demand or command, I should say. So much respect from others. I mean, that Chiefs team, if they can just play a modicum of defense, They'll be right back in the thick of things, probably an AFC title game or Super Bowl team in 2019.
0: Find him on Twitter at Alex Marvez. Hear him on SiriusXM NFL radio and hear him here every week with us on Fox Sports Sunday. Safe travels back home. And I can't wait to do it again next week, Alex. We appreciate it. Can't
9: wait, gentlemen. Thank you.
0: Alex Marvez joining us here on Fox Sports Sunday. He's Nick Ba. I'm Dan Bayer. Find Nick on Twitter at Nick Ba. I'm at Dan Bayer on Fox. You ready to do more of this?
3: Oh, you kidding me? Absolutely.
0: All right. Songs six and five, soon to be released in our top ten TV sports theme songs. But first we gotta check in. With a guy whose votes weighed heavily in this poll, one David Gascon. Hello, Dave.
8: What's up, guys? Dan, I will say with the music selections that you've chosen so far, there's a little bit of a, a jingle in a first, first couple seconds of, of two songs that you liked. Mm-hmm. And I will say this much. One of the songs that you included did not have that. But I found it on YouTube. So oh, okay. if, you, if you will allow me, I will sure. play that when we get sure. to it. But uh yes. everything else aside right now, Major League Baseball, Diamondbacks are all over the or I mean the Dodgers are all over the Diamondbacks right now. Eight to one Los Angeles. Justin Turner, two for four, two home runs. Cody Bellinger, his 38th of the season. Rays, one nothing right now in Seattle over the Mariners. Rockies are all over the Padres. They were down three nothing. They've scored eight unanswered. They're leading by five, still in the top of the ninth inning. Tribe in ten innings, beat the Twins 7-3. Carlos Santana with a slam. In that affair, he's got 25 home runs in the season. Rangers blanked the Brewers. one nothing at Milwaukee. Braves it took him full 9 to beat the Marlins 5-4. And that one, Ronald Acuna went deep. 33 home runs on the season. Guys, he's got 15 home runs in his career in 34 games against the Marlins, so he has certainly lit them up. Chris Bryant hit his first home run in Cincinnati in three years. Cubbies beat the Reds 6-3. Bryant was 2-for-5 on the day he drove in 3. Yankees got a strong performance from Masahiro Tanaka, 8-plus innings, 4Ks, 3 hits, and no runs against. New York wins it in Toronto, 1-0. Angels were up down. They came from behind to win it in 10 over the Boston Red Sox 5-4. Cole Calhoun late in that affair had a game-tying solo home run. Orioles walk off, beat the Astros 8-7. Justin Verliner had 11 Ks in a no decision as the Nationals snapping the Mets. Eight-game winning streak, winning today 7-4 was the final. Switching on over to the National Football League, Arizona Cardinals Executive Vice President and COO Ron Menninger was arrested last night in suspicion of DUI. Antonio Brown's grievance hearing will have decision being made at some point this week. Back to Dan Byer and Nick Bond just 10 seconds, but first a word from Farmers. At
5: Farmers Insurance we have concrete evidence that parking under an industrial cement mixer... That's just asking for trouble. Seen it, covered it. Talk to farmers.
4: We are farmers. Bum, 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 bum.
6: Underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance exchanges, and affiliates. Products not available in every state.
8: Turn tables back to you guys. <laughs> All right, thank you very
6: much, Dave. Now, did you? I got to be honest. I kind of had no idea
0: what you were talking about. So there was a part of the front of the song yeah, that we didn't I, have.
8: I think it was the college football on CBS chime that you like. Yes. Right? yes okay. Yes. So let me let me open this one up and tell me what song this is for. Okay. All right.
0: Oh. Was that the NBA on TNT? That is,
8: that is correct. Yeah, yes. there it is. That's the start that I was looking for. You know, you got You know, you got to blame for that one. Hey, executive producer Gavin Kinsel. <laughs> you know yep. Yeah, great editing by our executive producer Gavin Kinsel. I just Gavin went off YouTube. Kinsel. That's uh, <laughs> yeah, so did I. So did I. Yep.
7: Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, you guys just going at it. It's. You uh, know what? You got to get to the, the chorus of it. You know, that's what I thought oh, yeah. we were looking for. Yeah, you know? yeah. I, I agree. That, it's fine. for The meat cons- of the song. Yeah. Time CBS College, you do need the intro. I, I agree with that one. Yeah. The- yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> then it's a. <laughs> you know, so then it gets good. into it. Yeah, it is so good. All right. Hank Williams, you need none of it. <laughs> oh, come on. There's
0: you. a lot of <laughs> on uproar. half a Hank.
3: How dare you? There's a
0: lot of uproar. Uh, this is Fox Sports Sunday. He's Nick Bond, Dan Bayer, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. It's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800 947 Auto. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. All right. Yeah, let's. uh Let's get back into our top ten countdown of the best TV sports theme songs that there are. Could be a bunch of different songs in different productions. We are making our way to number one. Countdown
4: on our way to number one.
0: All right, let's get to it. Ten, nine, eight, and seven are in the books. What about
7: number six?
0: one shining moment coming in at number six on our rankings i know someone is disappointed it was number one for me guys
4: Big <laughs> job at college
3: basketball. number one numero uno i would have been really irate that if it didn't make the countdown but i'm a little offended that it's not at least in the top five but oh, man what a song.
0: I there this is I didn't not realize that this song is somewhat polarizing. There's some people who oh, don't, like, people this don't song. like it. Yeah, that's yeah. what's surprising. It did make my rankings. It for me it came in at number 5 on my rankings and I'm actually surprised that I had it that low. I think it's because of the year they tried to mess with it and had Jennifer, oh, Hudson, bro- do yeah, it. Jennifer Hudson. Yeah, Jennifer Hudson. I think
3: tried to do it or. Yeah, don't mess with a good thing. Yeah, I mean this is just Luther, just letting it rip. <laughs> and like, come on, this oh. is. I, I think it's just a nice. It's a nice just bow to put on the season and then and the entire tournament. Like I would be I'm all for one shining moment for the end of the Super Bowl, for the end of any, sure. the end of any major sports season or, or whatever. I'm, I want to one like imagine a one shining moment for the NBA playoffs. it would be oh, great. yeah.
0: Paul Pierce pooping his pants and then being carried back on yeah, the Yeah, it'd floor. be amazing. Yeah. But, no, no, I didn't poop his pants. See, this is great. This is great. The uh the great thing about this is when teams win the national championship, they wait for this because they play it in the in the stadium and the team is sitting there on yeah. the podium watching it on the video board. And it's a really, really neat scene. So for as much as you love seeing it on TV, it's really even more special when you're when you're at the venue. That is our number 6 song in our television sports theme music countdown. Nick, we've now got a long-distance dedication. This, dear Fox Sports Sunday, I've been missing football for a long time, and I'm just recently starting to get my fix. It's been a long winter, spring, and summer, and now football is finally here. One of the things that gets me in the mood for the pigskin and gets my juices flowing is watching the Oakland Raiders training camp recaps every Tuesday night. Guys, can you please play the theme from HBO's Hard Knocks, since I only get to hear it six episodes a year, with love, Gavin in Orange County. <laughs> Gavin, this one goes out to you. I appreciate that.
3: Pretty good.
7: I will go to war to this song. This is awesome. <laughs> this Come is, on, guys. This is part of the problem. You were the
0: only one to rank Hard Knocks. It got to, it got one vote, but your long distance dedication came in. It's more of the
3: this, yes. Oh, there yeah. we go. The horns when they really hit. You just feel like someone's getting cut. And someone's the, handing in their playbook and tonight, it's, and it's over for somebody.
7: It's also a universal signal that football is back, especially in, in sports talk radio. We can finally talk about it again because Hard Knocks is coming back. Right. So I, I love it. I, you know,
8: Guys, it, full disclosure, fan. Gavin actually plays this before he enters Comic-Con. <laughs> <laughs> it's a war out there as well.
7: Oh, amazing. This would make Gavin actually want to watch the Raiders, right? Is hearing this song. <laughs> Hopefully my team is never on it. That's the goal, right? I want, to, I want to watch other teams' misery. Yeah. I, the uh, the
0: only six episodes or whatever it is, I also think is a reason that it's held against it. But there may be, I don't know, another song that is played less often as we move to...
4: Countdown.
0: Number five. The Olympic theme.
3: Now this song... iconic. Uh, I love oh, yeah. it, but I icon- kind like one of those, like I, I, I acknowledge it. It didn't make my it didn't make my list, but I acknowledge it and I respect it. You're the only one who left it off of your list, wow, by the wow. way. Nick Baugh, not like in America. David apparently. Gascon uh, that's had it a traitor <laughs> just
7: sneaking in. Gavin had this really high. You oh, had this yeah. third on your I'm, list. I'm very I'm very high on the songs that make you want to just go to battle, and this yeah. is just yeah. another one of those. I love it. This makes me want to cross country ski in Lillahama.
0: <laughs> that's <laughs>
8: what this i i am now a biathlete nice yes sniper fire you got your rifle on your shoulder
0: <laughs> i love it they were wondering why i was rollerblading with a <laughs> fake you know gun on the back the other day around the streets but this was why, this why. Is the getting thing. ready for the of biathlete course. yes
7: well, I will not I'd apologize be like for being a true patriot. Uh, okay, come it's on. great I had I had
0: it four on my list. I really think it, we don't yes. hear it. But, well, you know what? I take that back because NBC takes any opportunity to tell us they have the Olympics. They do. So they'll be like, <laughs> this is us premiering in three weeks. And then they'll just play <laughs> the Olympics theme. You know? <laughs> we're, we're the home of the Olympics. So the Olympics theme comes in at number five. So you had one shining moment at six in the Olympics theme coming in at number five. Four spots available. You surprised anything standing out, Nick? As you uh, see this, you well, just really I surprised. I wasn't
3: sure on the Olympic one. I wasn't sure how I. I thought it. I thought it. Would, it wouldn't surprise me if it was in the top five or left out. Uh, obviously, I'd left it out. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I am uh, the surprise so far is that Are you ready for some football? Wasn't in the top five for me. And we will have to see if there were any more surprises coming
0: up in about 45 minutes or so. We put Nick to the test again oh and in the nick of in the nick of time coming up here on Fox Sports Sunday.
5: He's Nick Ba, I'm Dan Fire. Happy to have you with us. Countdown. At Farmers Insurance, we know the sound of a perfect hot air balloon landing and a less than perfect one. Ah! Ah! Seen it. Covered it. Talk to Farmers. We
4: are Farmers. Bum, 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 bum,
6: bum, bum. Underwritten by Farmers, truck fire insurance, exchanges and affiliates. Products not available in every state. Do
1: you love Selena?
2: Like, really love?
1: Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano.
0: Fox Sports Sunday, he's Nick Ba. I'm Dan Bayer. I've got great news. There's a quick way you could save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com and in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on car insurance. We are through 10 through 5 in our top 10 TV sports theme songs so far. We'll wrap up the countdown coming up in about 40 minutes or so here on Fox Sports Sunday. Glad to have you with us. Find Nick Ba on Twitter at Nick Ba. I'm at Dan Bayer on Fox. And it's time to play the game that is sweeping the nation. Time for another episode of In the Nick of Time, where a week ago, the tables were turned, and I was the one in the hot seat trying to guess who the... 12 or to guess guess 12 of the names of the first time Hall of Famers in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, first ballot Hall of Famers since 2010.
7: Five seconds. Emmett Smith. That is correct as well. Ooh. So let's count it up. Ah. That was tough. You Uh, got 10. That's pretty good. And there was a debate earlier whether you could get like what the number should be. I went with 12. Yeah, that's. uh, 10 is pretty good. I I think Emmett. I didn't realize, by the way, how much when you don't have an
0: answer, you don't want to leave dead air, Nick. So you're just sitting there thinking on how difficult it is, but you don't want to sit there and think and not say anything. Oh, man.
3: Two seconds of dead air when you're the one that has to provide an answer is it takes years off your life it, i think that's just for every second of dead air on in the nick of time it cuts a year off your life i think wow. it's pretty much how, how, we, were how gonna, we were gonna medically. turn the
0: tables on gavin but we didn't want 75 seconds of dead air no i'm just kidding gavin just kidding nick you're back in the hot seat again yep. this is where we throw out a topic and it's just a list of answers and nick's got to try to name all of them today there are 12 answers that you're going to have to name off he has help from gavin kinzel sam kinsley and david gascon if he needs a name if he's stumped if he can't come up with one and then there's the dreaded free phrase we'll call it where nick has to say a phrase if he's stumped we would then reveal one of the answers the phrase this week did you get the text nick
3: i did and i'm i mean i'm gonna let you say it because it (laughs) as as a nebraska born and raised boy this is this is hard for me to say. So go ahead. I mean, oh, this is gonna be really hard for me.
0: That's why we didn't make it easy. The phrase is Tommy Fraser was overrated. So oh, there's man. yeah, Just that's wash
3: your mouth right now, Dan uh, Bayer. You wash it. All
0: right, let's get to it. The twelve American professional major sports teams, NBA, NFL, baseball, and NHL, named after birds. Yes, where the mascots are a bird, your time starts now,
3: Nick Bob arizona cardinals that is correct toronto blue jays that is correct um philadelphia eagles that is correct um boy let's go to david gascon what you got Uh, for me easy atlanta hawks there you go okay hawks atlanta falcons that is correct gavin come on brother st louis cardinals that is correct a shot here, boys. <laughs> we got a shot. Baltimore Ravens. That is correct. I uh, Iowa Sam, hook me up. Uh, he took my Ravens. I got nothing. Okay. Uh, Seattle Seahawks. That is, is that a bird? correct? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm
0: getting close. Four. Left. Tommy Frazier was
3: overrated.
0: <laughs> New Orleans
3: Pelicans.
0: Ah, okay.
4: I mean,
3: I wouldn't have Man, of that
4: one.
0: This is a tough one. Come on, uh, Gavin didn't Nick. help you any, I'm telling you. Nick. Uh Nick. Birds. Major sports teams named after birds.
3: Major League Baseball. Major. League. The 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 uh Bar- the Orioles? Yes. Yes, that is correct. Tommy Frazier was overrated. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> penguins. Oh, the Pittsburgh Penguins. Yeah. Oh, and- I wouldn't have, I'm not even mad. Guys, it- I'm not even mad. I wouldn't have got it. Anaheim Ducks.
0: The last one. Yeah, Gavin's, know, Gavin's favorite team, and he didn't even give you them. He gave you St. Louis
7: Cardinals, which had to be the easiest one out there. Oh, oh. And I, I said that because I wanted Nick to feel bad that he already said Cardinals.
0: At, at least no one named any fish. Fox Sports Sunday rolls on next. A happy Sunday to you, and Nick, I've got to admit, so far today we've counted down top 10 sports theme songs, we've played a game, Uh, we chatted with Alex Marvez, and then I got to talk about uh, me going to play golf. Yeah, and I think that this is one of the greatest shows we've ever done. No so question. I just said yeah, yeah. that in the room. I said Dan is
7: having a party right now. Yeah, yeah.
0: I don't know if anybody else is, but I, I hope you are. I hope you're enjoying it as much as as we are. But uh, yeah, we've we've had a blast the last two hours, and it will not end as we have another hour with you coming up. We'll reveal the rest of our top ten four through one in our. Top ten TV sports theme songs.
3: I'm totally with you. I mean, we've had, we've we've been on the air for Selection Sunday, for when Tiger won the Masters. We've had a lot of different iconic shows here in the last couple of months. Th- yes. It's it's hard to top this one right now. I mean, we are playing playing these TV themes for sports has been uh, just just everything I could hope for and more.
0: This is also probably the show where I got the the most angry when I found out that you guys just did not rank the CBS college football theme high enough, and uh,
3: I just I'm upset about one shining moment. I know you are. I'm I I have (laughs) the number one. What show did you
0: love the most? What show did you hate the most? They were the same. It was the same show. That's (laughs) same one. Oh, so much, so much to get to. And we had Gavin's uh, long distance dedication to the Hard Knocks theme that we only get to hear six times a year, and you have to pay for that channel to hear it. <laughs> so it just didn't make for didn't make for our top it didn't 10. resonate didn't really no. resonate no it did not uh, kind of like much like week one of the nfl preseason doesn't resonate much but i will say that thursday night i loved watching football oh, like yeah just like of, of bouncing from different games uh, we had the we had the chargers here in, in southern california they were playing the cardinals that night on another channel was the broncos and seahawks so i was watching the seahawks it's there's so much going on but just to see the uniforms to see the graphics i really enjoyed thursday night although i didn't take a lot from what we got in week 1 of the uh, nfl preseason
3: and i think it's important to always have that conversation for everyone because we all we all get it we we all have been waiting and discussing and thinking and predicting and forecasting for months on how these teams will look and what players will be like so any snippet we see it's hard to not gobble it up and overreact. And to me, that was on full display with two quarterbacks where there were some people that are chugging the Daniel Jones and Kyler Murray Kool-Aid after what they did. Yeah. And because they both look pretty good in their in their debuts. But I also think with you know, there were some people that were asking, uh, you know, what what is does Daniel Jones is now how does that how did his performance impact if he's gonna be the starter or what happens with Eli? It's like, okay, he threw five passes, guys. Five. <laughs> <laughs> like between between Daniel Jones and Kyler Murray, they threw a combined twelve passes. And everybody's like, see, told you Kyler Murray's gonna be great. See, told you Daniel Jones is gonna be great. We all need to relax, but I I do think where, tell me how you when you sit down and watch these games. Are you just enjoying that yeah. football's back on? Do you take anything from it? help I, me out. I, I sit there and I, I do enjoy
0: it, but it's something that you said intrigued me of how we looked at the first week, and it it was an opportunity where we had the three first round quarterbacks playing on Thursday, so you could kind of use them on on the same like yes. playing field. That yep. hey, Dwayne Haskins made his debut. So did Daniel Jones. So did Kyler Murray. The Haskins part of the conversation, he throws two interceptions and one was a really bad throw, but he was also put in a different spot and asked to do a heck of a lot more than what Daniel Jones and Kyler Murray did. So to your point, like we're not even talking about Dwayne Haskins because, heck, Dwayne Haskins threw two interceptions and mm-hmm. had one brought back to the house. So why would we talk about him being the starter, especially when there's not one but two veterans standing in front of him? I found like that interesting as well of how we just brush that off and say, ah, two interceptions, when his action was probably more relatable to what you would get in an NFL regular season yeah. game, even though it wasn't against maybe regular season talent, so I, I found it, that interesting.
3: Yeah, it is where where people kind of they went with the glass half full, kind of focused on that rather than something with the, with with Haskins and him struggling. It was interesting to hear. We asked Alex Marvez this question. You know, what can you take from preseason football? And the one thing he did point out was just overall athleticism, and there is something to that just what a guy looks like when he hits that top gear or the level of power that somebody has in on a, a certain play like that there while it's not all of the who's who that's out there, like you can see speed and you can see power from certain guys. The other thing that that I like to look for and this is this is obviously hard to quantify is there is something to how comfortable a quarterback looks. I'm almost more into that than necessarily uh certain throws or or oh he he missed a guy down the seam or boy he showed great arm strength there. There's just a a it's kind of it's hard to define but you know it when you see it of happy feet. Hey, that guy doesn't look like he's just swimming in thought. He looks comfortable out there. He looks like he's in command. And I know those are cliché, but there is something to that that I think you can kind of look for with quarterbacks. I look at happy feet in the pocket.
0: How much is yeah. a guy jumping around wondering, you know, do I do this? Because I also think that's a way of of showing how much you're thinking as well, where you're not as, as cool under the pressure, when your feet maybe start to move a little bit. I think that that is, that is a sign. Now, it is week one. I take away a couple of things outside of just watching the play. And I when I asked Alex Marvez about this, I actually have no problem with Ron Rivera calling a timeout to help out the Bears. Now, if they miss the field goal, maybe it gives the Bears more information, but all of a sudden maybe that's a little bit bigger deal. But the point is you can't replicate the setting of a stadium, and it may not be 65,000 full, but you have enough in there, and you're in that stadium setting. There's game 10, but you can't do that in a joint practice. So I have no problem with that. I have no problem with the Browns telling the Redskins we're gonna do a two minute drill. So if this is something that you guys want to work on, like I now that maybe it's coming out and, and being more open, but that was something that I thought was was intriguing and it actually makes a lot of sense for games that don't count. Now if the NFL wants to charge you so much right, money for right. that, that's always been a discussion. But I will also say this, and we saw it in the in the Hall of Fame game, the pass interference rule is going to be something. And and the preseason of of referees just trying to make these points of emphasis, I mean what, there were twenty three penalties in the Raiders Rams game yesterday? That's mm. like to me. That is something that is that I take from it. That is a, a a negative of how this is going to play out. Maybe it sheds more light on how the pass interference replay rule will be, and I'm glad that we get to see it. But the penalties are are such an issue, and I'm curious to see if we're going to see the consistency of the replay reviews throughout these weeks of the preseason and then into the NFL's regular season. So that's what yeah, I'm kind of taking away from these
3: because it it does make sense that obviously when you're when you're still a work in progress as a team, you're gonna be penalized more. You know what I mean? You're a little more sloppy, you're maybe not in the right spot. You maybe are are still not in shape. So you hold or whatever the whatever the situation is. So it kind of makes sense that the the pen I would I would guess that if you went back and looked at preseason penalty totals compared to like what an average what the average is, it's more in the preseason. Mm-hmm. But at the same time This is a unique new rule with this pass interference thing that no one really has a great sense of what it's going to look like. And I was I'm really concerned about what it's going to look like and I will say so far with the few preseason games it's done nothing to calm my concerns down of what things are going to look like here in a month when real games get cracking
0: I think I would I would I'm not saying really enjoy it but I think I would enjoy the two-week schedule if they had if they ended up changing the schedule to 18 yeah. games that has been talked about I mean I think it's going to happen it's just a matter of who gets what when the new CBA comes out so it's a couple of years away from happening but watching the foot. Football in the first week was somewhat refreshing to me and to know that we'd only have to go through one more week of that is fine with me it's the we've got three more weeks of this stuff and like we see pat mahomes take a first drive with the kansas city chief chiefs throw a dime to travis kelsey they go down and score and why do we need to see patrick mahomes at all the next three right. or four weeks those are the things that concern me but that's nothing new to the 2019 season. That's just been the, the the case for so long. So that's that's kind of what I've taken out. Is I, I I enjoyed it more than than I thought I would, and now I just want it to get
3: over as quickly as it can. That's What's more real if you're watching for an individual? If someone looks really bad or someone looks really good? Oh, it's got to be really bad for yeah, the simple right?
0: fact of they can't handle the easier circumstances. Right? Like if they look if they look mm-hmm. poor. You're looking poor against a, a yeah a second string defense or a defense that isn't scheming at all against what that offense is doing. So that yeah, tells me it, under the basic of circumstances you're not yeah a, the,
3: the most top. the most yeah. elementary of circumstances against not full ones out there on both sides. You're struggling. That's probably not a good sign. But I also because for every every preseason. Uh, a Pro Bowler. There's been some ones like I remember feeling like Jared Goff really didn't look good. Like I, if color me shocked that based on what he looked like in Hard Knocks and what he looked like for the initial preseason and then even that season, people forget the season started. Remember what string he was? He was third string for the Rams to start everything for mm-hmm. when Jeff Fisher was, was at Keenum, the Sean at, Mannion,
0: and uh, Jared Goff. I believe was the was the uh, quarterback string. Order right?
3: Yeah, yeah, correct. And yeah. so, I also think we we also need to be patient with these guys too a little bit. I know that's not like where it, it, it's especially for the quarterbacks. Like it can, if if you would have told me at the end of, of or halfway through his rookie year that you know Jared Goff would go to a Super Bowl in the next couple of years, I'd have, I'd have laughed at you. I'd be like, well, what, what do you mean? Like, I mean, what Super Bowl? <laughs> they start a new league. Like, there's, there's no way. And so it, the guys can improve. Guys, things can change. But it is hard. You see, Dan, we're going to see the same thing in like three weeks with college football. We overreact to what happens in the first week or two of college football, too, of what certain teams look like, what certain players look like. Remember Kenny Hill, that Thursday night game for Texas A&M? Kenny Hill oh, yeah, put Heisman on a show, yeah. and they, he was supposed to be the Heisman frontrunner. Homeboy didn't even, like, he got, like, benched at the end of the year. So... Things can change. you got to stay calm, but it's hard because we're starving for, for football and you get any of it, and it's human nature to kind of run with it.
0: He's Nick Baugh. I'm Dan Byer. This is Fox Sports Sunday. So We're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes can save you 15% tomorrow on car insurance. Visit Geico.com for a free rate quote. You can always listen on the iHeartRadio app, and you can listen at FoxSportsRadio.com. Your Kenny Hill point may be the perfect transition to what we're going to dive into next. College football season is just around the corner And the biggest storyline may surround what's happening at what Kenny Hill's position was. We'll explain coming up here on Fox Sports Sunday.
1: Do you love Selena?
2: Like, really love?
1: Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano.
2: And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon.
1: We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon.
5: Farmers Insurance knows the difference between a car hitting your bumper and a clown car hitting your bumper. that because at farmers we've seen and covered it we
4: are farmers bum, 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 bum,
6: bum. underwritten by farmers truck fire insurance exchanges and affiliates products not available in every state fox sports sunday he's nick Ba. i'm dan
0: Byer. glad to have you with us we'll continue our countdown of the top 10 tv sports music themes pumped Four through one coming up at the bottom of the hour. Now, if you missed any of the uh, the rankings, you can go to my Twitter page, at Dan Byer on Fox, or find Nick on Twitter, at Nick Ba. If you missed the rankings, you may have uh, missed this from earlier in the show as well. Trust me. Oh. If you may have missed the rankings from earlier, a little bit earlier, like way earlier in our rankings, you know, maybe mm-hmm. ones that didn't make the cut. That didn't make the cut. You may have heard this.
4: Number 38. Hey, it's
0: night. Ah, <laughs> Carrie Underwood and NBC <laughs> did not make it. Hey, t- the Faith Hill song was six hundred ninety fourth on our list. Of, of top, uh, just, uh, a uh, top <laughs> just a bit outside the top ten, just a bit. Oh. Uh, that's it didn't, Not even didn't others receiving list. votes. No, like, it, it would not, not I even will there. say, this one's better than the waiting all, all day night. for yeah, yeah,
3: Sunday that... night. Oh. Saturday Night Live spoofed that one, too, and did a pretty good job. Did with they? It, on how long it took, and by the time they the song ended, it was like the second quarter was already underway. Oh, it
0: just My favorite one is of the whole, like, the song stunk. But when they had like Michelle Tafoya interview Khalil Mack in front of a, like fake fans on the sideline, where yeah. where it was, you could tell it was just a studio wall. It wasn't a stadium wall, like it was an in-game interview. Oh, but yeah, that Carrie Underwood did not make our top ten. Love well, Carrie Underwood's music, love her voice, just didn't make yeah. it for us on the list. <laughs> Unfortunately, not going to happen. Yeah, d- didn't make it. But uh, that's what we've got. Four through one coming up at the bottom of the hour. Coming up in three weeks, we've got an interesting college football season. And there are a lot of different ways you can go, but I think some people are already looking at it as saying, "All right, we're going to have Alabama and Clemson for the fifth straight season." What is getting you excited about the upcoming college football season?
3: Well, for me, I'm obviously in Big Ten country here in in Nebraska, so I'm I probably have have gotten way too into the Big Ten and keeping that at the top of my list. So for me, I'm I am. All eyes are on Jim Harbaugh and what Michigan does this year. With, with Urban Meyer out and Ryan Day in, it feels like this is the year where there's no excuses. It's put up or shut up. To me, Michigan, can they punch through? Can they finally win their division, win the Big Ten? And then, obviously, you do those things, you got a great shot of being in the playoff. I, to me, that's, that's either 1A or 1B as the most interesting storyline for me. Here's my, I guess, question. And because I don't know the answer,
0: but what if it doesn't happen for Michigan again like then then, like like then, where are we, and what happens? Like, I don't know if Jim Harbaugh's quest to go back to the n f l is going to be changed by it, which by the way, I do believe and I don't have any inside information, but I do believe he wants to coach in the n f l again, yeah. I, I
3: think that that is. I think he's a guy that likes to there are certain people that like to be in one job for forever. He strikes me as a guy that kind of likes to try take on different challenges and do different things and switch things up every couple of years. That that strikes me as his his style. I look
0: at him as well and this
3: is he's
0: the only person in the world that has this has happened to. He lost a Super Bowl to his brother. Yeah. Like like when you think of of like of wanting like to win a Super Bowl is the the goal of many who get into coaching, whether it be at the professional level as an assistant at the professional level, maybe a college coach who wants to take that. Next, the the winning of a Super Bowl is the ultimate in being a head coach. And you think of how close he got only to lose to the guy a bedroom over in his house Ooh. or or the guy that he probably shared a bedroom with growing up like that to me would be something that would would never leave until you could accomplish that and it may may never be replaced but that's why I've always felt that he's had the itch so i don't know if another season of failed expectations would allow him to move on or nick the flip side a season where he does break through then allows him to say, okay I've accomplished what they wanted me to do here at Michigan, at least for that season now I'm ready to move on. I just know at some point he's going to want to get back into the National Football League so time is running out no matter how things end up this year for Michigan.
3: It's almost the same school of thought when we were debating what is Kawhi Leonard going to do? Does winning in Toronto yeah. make it easier to <laughs> yes. stay or harder to stay? It's like all the same kind of thoughts with, with Jim Harbaugh in Michigan, but the other thing with that is, you know, obviously the playoff dominates a lot of the conversation throughout the season. And can the Pac? What happens with the, for another storyline within that is can the Big Ten and the Pac 12 finally get kind of snap their, their playoff drought here of a couple of years? Can you get a, a Michigan into the playoff? Can you get a, a, a Utah or a Washington into the playoff is interesting to me too. The,
0: the, the difficult part about it for the Pac-12 is usually all of those eggs are in one basket. Mm-hmm. Now, they may be in two or three baskets this year with Washington, Oregon, and Utah kind of thought to be the, the better teams. But none of those teams are going to be starting off in the top 10. And so like they're, the early Pac-12 games that you have in that conference, specifically the Oregon-Auburn game, is going to tell a lot about that conference because... There aren't going to be opportunities where you can change a narrative. So if Oregon ends up beating Auburn, that is a huge, huge, huge victory for the Pac-12 and puts them into the conversation. If they lose and then there's no opportunity for a Washington or a a Utah to maybe – take that step forward the the view of the Pac-12 is the point that I'm trying to make is that it's skewed off of just that one single game to find out is Oregon who's considered one of the top teams if they can hang with an SEC team like
3: Auburn and and granted this is a a team that wasn't very good last year but I am and and it takes time I suppose but I am interested to see what happens in year two with Chip Kelly at UCLA too where you know, there there is a, a narrative out there of like, okay, has was he ahead of the curve with his style of offense of you know no huddle spread up tempo, and now the rest of the country's kind of caught up to him. I'm I'm very interested. I mean, because he's kind of been for a while. He was in the. It was him and Nick Saban were kind of neck and neck as like the guys that kind of ran college football for a couple of years, and they were not very good at all last year. I'm, I'm in terms of kind of maybe those yeah. like off of Main Street or Broadway storylines. I'm interested. I kind of want to see what Chip Kelly does this year too. I think it's difficult. I, I think it's really tough, and I know like
0: now you're getting more of his guys in there, but I would I would argue that I, I think you could make a good argument, and we'll we'll stay with the Oregon the theme there is that. There isn't a school that supports its program more than Oregon does. Right. This isn't meant to be a knock at UCLA, but you have everything at your disposal when Phil Knight is there and you've got the backing of that athletic department. And it may not be the same everywhere else. We'll just that, that's that's what I think could yes. be difficult. That's interesting. At at a a place like UCLA or you know, for, for Chip Kelly to, to go anywhere. I think every, you had everything there at Oregon. You, you really did, and now it may not be the case in certain spots. I find the quarterback transfers being unique. Yeah. Because if Justin Fields has great success at Ohio State, or Jalen Hurts takes Oklahoma to the playoff again, or Tate Martell ends up leading the, the Miami Hurricanes somewhere, I think that's something of just like an overall arc Arching thing, arching thing, whatever the phrase you want to use of college football of how does this change? And I know that it was such a theme in the offseason of of letting these guys transfer and be eligible uh, immediately upon their transfer. If this is if this is a boost to college football or it makes it more interesting, I I think that that could be something that is played down the road to 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 be all right. Sure, let's not. I know the coaches probably don't like it. But the fact is, if it's gaining more interest in college football, when we're trying to find, you know, the the storylines outside of Alabama and Clemson, I think that could be good for college football if they have success.
3: And you bring up Alabama and Clemson. Are the reason we haven't talked about them is because we assume no one can supplant them? I think
0: I think Clemson's spot in the ACC is so. F- firmly entrenched yeah and we want to look at you know Syracuse playing them tough last year when Trevor Lawrence was knocked out and anything can happen on any given Saturday but if they I mean if they lose it you're really keeping Clemson out I mean I know they kept Ohio State out after they won their national championship and had the one loss but Michigan State ended up winning the conference and ended up beating them I, I find that difficult I think that Clemson almost gets in barring any you know catastrophic loss I just think the, the way that things play out they can get in i mean alabama everybody looks at alabama as being well they're alabama and, yeah, and so if I, they if they lose there's really nothing held against them and if they lose and they don't play in the sec title game it's helped them before to get into the playoff so that's the difficulty that i see is they have to have more done to them or have done more wrong than any other school in college football to keep them out of the playoff like i mean we, we talk about you know, if Oklahoma last year would have been kept out for their what one loss in a neutral game against a rival. You know, luckily for them, they got in as the four seed. But talk about margin for error—it was very slim. And the Sooners were able to, to to slide in. Alabama and Clemson's margin for error, to me, a little bit bigger.
3: Well, and I mean, who's going to beat Duke, or who's going to beat Alabama? I mean, there—you yeah. look at their their non-con. I mean, it is Duke, New Mexico State southern miss and then obviously the fcs school like who so you you just you you're you try to figure out who's going to beat them earlier in the year to to kind of write a narrative for lack of a better term you just you don't know who that's going to be and I, i you know i'll stop short of saying using the the word stun because that's too strong but i would be really surprised if bama and clemson aren't in the playoff really surprised I, I mean I, they got the quarterback, they got the coach, they got they're really good in the in the trenches, like I their schedule's nice, like I'd be pretty surprised if we're in December and the, the playoffs revealed and they're not two of the four teams. I agree with you, and I find it
0: so amazing that we think that a showdown of potential number one overall picks in an NFL draft, whether one be in the twenty twenty class and then one being in the twenty twenty one class. Would like we'd be sick of that. Yeah, but think, but yeah. we got it. We got it with the NBA. We got sick of LeBron against the Warriors. And and right. like like this is what has happened. Like we would be sick of seeing Trevor Lawrence versus two-two. I mean like that is yeah. That's where we are. And I think that I college football is great and college football is loved, but I think that also when you just you think that the the outcome is basically predetermined? That can wear on you somewhat. I don't no think anybody would, would mind seeing an LSU team or an Auburn or you know Georgia getting another crack at it. Maybe Georgia plays Clemson. I think that at least would be different. Or maybe another school ends up against Alabama. But to have both of them there, I think would be difficult for college football fans. Totally agree. Totally agree. He, he's Nick Byme, Dan Byer. This is Fox Sports Sunday. All right, we count him down from four to one, our final four, if you will, in our TV sports theme music countdown. We'll do that after David. Gascon gives us the latest on what's been a busy Sunday in Major League Baseball. Hello, David.
8: What's up, guys? That was a it's a great effort by by Nick Baugh. The nick of time.
3: I appreciate that. And the birds, man. Yes, it was it's tough. Pittsburgh Penguins got me. Dude. I would. I, we could have. We'd still be here, and I don't think I would. That, that was over an hour, almost an hour ago. I still feel like I wouldn't I'm, have got Pittsburgh. I'm just
0: penguins. glad you didn't get any wrong. That was like by guessing a wrong animal.
3: <laughs> <Yeah. not laughs>
8: <guessing> a bird. <laughs> I, I, Toronto Raptors. <laughs> Buffalo Sabers. Oh, no. Sabres. Buffalo, no. Not oh, a bird. Jeez, man. <laughs> Dan, have we has anyone swept the
3: board yet? You or or Nick? No, Nick won it once. Yeah,
8: yeah Nick
0: okay. didn't win. Nick right. won it
3: once. A, a, I was big. I, was, I had to name a, American Athletic Conference teams, right? Yes. That
0: was? yes. Oh, that's because yeah. when oh, UConn
3: left. Yep. Yep. Oh,
8: that's tough. That's tough. Well, guys, we'll go from all of that to Major League Baseball right now. San Francisco leads the Philadelphia Phillies 2-0. It's in the top of the second inning. That's the only game that's really going on right now. Dodgers prevailed over. Arizona nine three. Ryu Lord is league leading ERA, one forty five in the season. He's twelve and two on the year. Tampa beats Seattle one to nothing. Same score. Milwaukee Rangers best of the Brewers by one nothing score. Yankees got one run and held up against Toronto north of the border one nothing. Masahiro Tanaka eight and six on the season. Justin Verlander had eleven strikeouts on the day. It was all for naught. Baltimore walks off and beats the Astros eight to seven. Tribe in ten beat the Twins seven to three. It was three. until the 10th and Carlos Santana had a game winning grand slam for the road team in that one. Ron Acuna his 33rd home run of the season was just enough as Atlanta beats Miami Marlins 5-4 losers at home. Cubby 6-3 winners over the Cincinnati Reds. Meanwhile, in the National Football League, a couple of notes here starting things off. Front office news. Arizona Cardinals Executive Vice President and COO Ron Minninger was arrested last night in suspicion of a DUI. Tim, team did issue a statement saying Minninger's actions last night are inexcusable. More on that, obviously, to come as well. Online car shopping can be confusing at times. Not anymore True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car, so visit True Car to enjoy a more confident Car buying experience. Back to Dan buyer Nick Bond, just ten seconds, but first a word from farmers.
5: At Farmers Insurance, we know a roof can withstand a lot. One exception being an airborne car. Seen it? Covered it. Talk to farmers. We
4: are farmers. Bum, 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 bum.
6: Underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state. All
4: right, fellas,
5: you're up.
0: Thanks, Dave. We appreciate it. It is Fox Sports Sunday. He's Nick Ba. I'm Dan Bayer. Coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. It's easy to save fifteen percent or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to Geico.com or call eight hundred nine four seven AUTO. The only hard part figuring out which way is easier. We've had tons of fun this show, and it's going to continue right now. Here we go. But I also don't think it's gone as fast as I thought because I've been waiting to unveil these top four. Like this is this right. is where we go. This is the meat of it. If you're just tuning in, we are counting down the top ten TV sports music themes that you would see on whether it be a television broadcast or a television show and we enter final four category 10 through 5 were controversial as uh, uh, just as they were i'm sure four through one will be the same let's get to it songs four three two and one coming up
7: Countdown. right now number four
0: I single-handedly, I think, have carried this to number four, because this was number one on my list. <laughs> the Masters theme. I, I, it was only named on two ballots, but it gar- garnered enough points to shoot up to number four. It just it sends me, it sends you to a place. I talked about goosebumps. When you hear yes. this song, I get the goosebumps. I think about Augusta in the second week of April. Dan's crying April. right now. <laughs> tears. Real tears are coming down. The, uh, the rolling green fairways at Augusta National in those magnificent four days in April. And we get to enjoy golf as the patrons at Augusta National take in. <laughs> The greatest golf tournament that there is in the world. So that's is this was number one for me on l- my list. Yeah, the Masters it's number four
3: thing. for me. So I I was right on the nose with it, but I I has to be in the top five to me. What? I mean, it, even if you're not a huge golf fan, you know that you recognize that. And you're right, it takes you it takes you to Augusta and just sets a tone and a mood and a vibe and it is so good.
0: If you guys want to play this at my funeral, go right ahead. <laughs> Doesn't have to be you know my last song, but you know, just maybe at some point in there I would that'd be totally fine with it. Uh, Scrooge's David and Gavin didn't even have this. On I know.
8: I know. I did have it. Oh, I you actually. Did? I had it as thirty nine. Oh on my gosh! No. Well, Lower I'm, than
3: uh, Carrie Underwood. Yeah, I, I go you know right what? to bed when I hear this song. You know what it is? For people that I'd imagine aren't huge golf fans, or the people that, for if if. if for people that don't like golf, it's oftentimes like, oh, it's too stuffy, it's too, uh, you know, it's 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 not loose enough. All this. And this song, like, it plays right into all of golf stereotypes. You know what I mean? Just puts it on a tee for the people that don't like golf.
0: Oh, so true, so true. But number, but four, I love it. Yeah, number four on our list. comedy to life at the Geico Fox Sports Radio <laughs> Studios. It's easy to say fifteen percent or more on car insurance with Geico. <laughs> Go to Geico.com or call 800-947-auto. The only hard part figuring out which way is easier. Countdown. All right guys, let's on our ho- way to oh. number 1. <laughs> we are on our way to number 1. Where are we at right now?
7: Number 3. There it is! Oh yeah. It is. Oh
0: man. Yeah. Knowing that Dan Dierdorf is going to say something stupid in three minutes <laughs> makes me feel so good. No, I love Dan Dierdorf. I I find it amazing on on just of the the feel of this of the, you know like, like Frank Gifford set it up, and this is during my generation. I know obviously Howard Cosell previously, but in growing up and hearing the Monday Night Football theme song. Like, Frank Gifford set the scene, and he wasn't even the color or the the play-by-play analyst. Like, he threw to to Al Michaels, who then did the play-by-play for Monday Night Football. But, oh, what a song.
3: Man. Again, I mean, just it checks all the boxes of what we've talked about, we look for. You know, I, it's just like you're instant. It's instantly Monday night. It is instantly Monday night when you hear that. The first couple, you know, we talk about the uh, the start of a song hitting you. This one starts strong.
8: Yes, David Gascon had this high on his list. I had this as number three. Yeah, that's where I had it as well. Oh, yeah. The, so you had this one in front of Augusta.
0: I had this. This I had. I had Augusta one. Oh,
8: yeah, you were number one with yeah, it. Yeah, I actually had the
0: CBS College Football theme two, and then the ABC Monday Night Football uh, theme
7: at number three
8: where did gavin have this at
7: this did not make my
8: big boy gavin, didn't
7: gavin. Have, doesn't have a song made before 2004 on his list <laughs> yeah. Jeez, i just want to give hard knocks more respect right now okay
3: oh that's great you're you're, sink, you're you're going down with a fight with hard knocks i love it what year did hard knocks
8: actually start was that three years ago no. The yeah. More? Oh yeah.
0: No. In Gavin's mind. When was the first was it the Cowboys or Ravens who were the first one? <laughs> I thought it was like the Jets, so
3: Oh I, I can't remember. I, it, August first, mean, two thousand one, Baltimore Ravens. Okay, there it was. There you go. Yeah. I I
7: I didn't see that season. No, <laughs> Chargers oh. weren't good that year. <laughs> <laughs> they got LT that year. Well, All turned around.
0: That that's it did turn around to a divisional uh, appearance, and then what? An AFC Championship. <laughs> All game? right, Nate Kading. All right, yep. it off the right <laughs> <laughs> post. Uh, this is Fox Sports Sunday, and we will continue with our countdown of the top ten TV sports theme songs. Coming up in just a little bit, we're coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. Want to let you know, you can find Nick Ba on Twitter at Nick Ba. You can find me on Twitter at as simple as Dan Buyer on Fox. Number two and number one coming
5: up after this here on Fox Sports Sunday. At Farmers Insurance, we know there's a crucial difference between a kick drum pedal and your car's accelerator pedal. Because at Farmers we've seen and covered it. We
4: are farmers bum, 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 bum,
6: bum, bum. Underwritten by Farmers Truck Fire Insurance Exchanges and Affiliates. Products not available in every state. Fox Sports Sunday.
0: He's Nick Ba. I'm Dan Byer. You know, in stadium anthems, this would be up there. We'd have, like, half-Queen songs. <laughs> and, <laughs> right. And then Final Countdown would be a part of it as well. But that's not what we're doing here on Fox Sports Sunday. He's Nick Ba. I'm Dan Bayer. We are counting down the top 10 TV sports music themes. And we are all the way up to our top two. It's been, it's been quite a run. Uh, the conversation during uh, when we were just away for a little bit, was again how Hank Williams Junior.'s yeah. Monday Night Football theme did not enter our rankings. Still a that, point of that contention, is the, that's I the thought. big
3: that's the big surprise. I'm not I'm I'm not surprised with what I think are going to be number one and number two, but I am surprised that Hank Williams Junior. Are you ready for some football? Did not did did not get a little more respect.
0: Corey Branstetter tweets in: I know they're a competitor, but if Sports Center isn't on the list, then this list is invalid. Makes a very good point. Ah, He may yeah. have to think that this list is invalid then. But we'll find out if it made the top 10 or not as we continue with our top 10 TV sports theme music countdown here on Fox Sports Sunday. He's Nick Baugh. I'm Dan Byer. Glad to have you with us. Countdown. Only once I've hit the post uh, Post with that one. That's <laughs> Only once. Only one time. All right. Let's get to it. We are at... Number two. Whoa. I I guarantee I guarantee some people thought this was gonna be a top the metal stand. There it is at number two,
3: the NFL on fox theme. It's it's the most iconic football theme, probably, right? Not just saying that because we're on Fox Sports Radio, but I mean, come on—that I mean, when the when that thing hits, it is identifiable, and you know, you know, it is Fox NFL football.
7: Gavin had this at number two on his list. I, I feel very good about my top two picks. The, uh Nick had this at number
0: three
8: Dave yep. had this in his top seven yeah mine was at number six number six not a company man well, you <laughs>
3: fireball offense that's what hey, I've been told this
0: is
8: this is from a severance. The, this is from a, a
0: Broncos <laughs> fan who by the way all of his theme songs were like during the Broncos heyday you know wait, what, I mean? wait, was wait, like what do mid,
8: you mean mid- they just won a Super Bowl a the, couple years mid, ago mid
0: 90s when John is running off the field and the, that's what Dave was sending us clips of like the mid-90s NBC <laughs> music that just happened to have John Elway, you know? I noticed that as yeah, well, yeah. Holding the Super Bowl trophy. God, he was so
8: good. <laughs> good Man, gracious. I need to go. I need to have a private time real quick. What oh, it, this
0: is, I mean, we use this a lot on the network whenever we talk about football we need music it's just play the fox theme well, but well, no one gets sick of it like, like it, it no. doesn't drain on you it no. just puts you in that mood
8: dan you and i actually have to use this every 15 minutes as well yes this is our uh, yeah. our stinger for the national updates for iheartradio
0: So we hear it a lot, and it's still there. There are certain songs like in the 80s that I just, you know, that are played so much. Yeah, you're just done with them. Yeah, nobody needs to hear Come On Eileen anymore. Like, (laughs) like, nobody's (laughs) like, God, I got to hear that song. I haven't heard it. (laughs) But they still play it all the time. This one's played over and over and over. But man, fantastic. Right?
3: I was not, I'd have been, there was a lot of for sures. To me, this one had to be in the top three, had to be. And this is at number two. Now, before we get to number one,
0: First of all, a round of applause for Sam Kinsley, our technical producer who's been been producing this. (laughs) Sam, uh, Sam I'd like to take his honorable mention. Maybe those that didn't make the list, some that should have been mentioned more. Who did we miss out in our top 10 TV sports theme music, or who is maybe not high enough in your mind?
8: This actually did not make the cumulative top 10, but this is probably my favorite sports theme song. (sighs)
2: Oh, wait.
8: (laughs) <laughs> Actually, that was a total mistake, but I'm glad it landed
2: there. Here is it. Here it is, right
8: here. You gotta love it. Oh! March into war. Sunday night football. Sunday night. Oh. Yes.
7: Yeah. This would have made my list if I had thought of it. I think that I overlooked it. It's pretty it's good. good. Yeah. I think it's good. Yeah. But again, as I've told you guys, I could do
0: without Sunday Night Football. What? So yeah, how like, can you not love those horns? Too? I know, Come no, on. it's it's good. I don't know if it would have made my list. It definitely wouldn't have topped Olympics, which I had at four. Nice. Wouldn't have topped One Shining Moment. But oh, I'm sorry, Sam, Do you have any other ones?
8: No, no, nope, that's really it. Did not mean <laughs> that was exactly. it. That was a total mistake, but it was funny.
0: All right, are you guys ready? Oh, I'm ready. Are you ready for the the unveil of the number one top TV sports theme song? I guess in the history as decided by us here at Fox Sports Sunday. All right, let's let it roll, Sammy. Countdown.
4: On our way to number
8: one. Number one. Yes!
0: Mm. Whoa. By the way. The only song on the list that has a title that everybody knows. Yes. Round Ball
7: Rock.
4: Yep, th- yes. th-
0: everyone knows it. <laughs> and now, this wouldn't have been number one if Fox didn't own it. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding.
4: But
3: now, <laughs> now it's now it's ours here at Fox and right. College Hoops. College Hoops. I hear it. I'm, there's nothing better than when I hear this. And even though I'm getting ready for like Butler and Seton Hall,
4: I'm like, <laughs> yes!
3: <laughs> like, yes! Oh, there
0: it is, number one. Gavin actually's rankings reflected the overall team rankings. He had this number one on the NFL on Fox on number two. Dave also had this at number one.
8: Yeah, but yeah. I had the top two. This I, brings me both of them. This is glory days. This is, this uh, is so Jordan. Weird. This is Barkley, Stockton, Malone, Hakeem, Shaq,
3: Kobe. This is, you know, this is the goods, man. This is number two for me. I had one shiny moment number one, but this is. This was if it was, if this was outside of the top three out of this would have been the worst list of all time. The,
0: the Bucks were never on during the nineties, so this didn't count for me. So didn't this, didn't that, work for you. They were never on NBC. There was no reason to show them. But uh, there it is. Thank you to John Tesh and uh, yeah, thank you guys for participating. We'll have the updated rankings on Twitter. I'm at the Empire on Fox. Get him at Nick Ba. Uh, this was fun. This was a lot of fun. It's great. Tell you what, if we did a worst list, we could probably come up with 10 crappy songs, but we won't do that. We'll talk to you next week. Enjoy, everyone.
1: When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia,
6: movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean
2: apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama?